77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We do want to begin with the dueling visits at the southern border by the two frontrunners in this year's election, showcasing the record number of migrant crossings that are overwhelming resources along the border and in major cities across the country. President Biden was in Brownsville, Texas, where he issued a political dare to Donald Trump to join him in pressing House Republicans to help secure the border by passing the Senate's bipartisan security bill. Now, 325 miles away, Trump was in Eagle Pass, where he took a much different approach, unleashing attacks on Biden, Democrats and migrants. A record 2.4 million migrants were apprehended at the U.S.-Mexican border in 2023. And immigration has become the top issue for many voters heading into the 2024 election. I understand my predecessors in Eagle Pass today. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing policy for this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? The rent was broke and they weren't going to be attacking Israel. They had no money. They weren't giving it to Hamas. They weren't giving it to Hezbollah. They weren't giving it to anybody. They didn't have it. Now they're a rich country again. They have $250 billion and rich as you can be. And so, you know, a lot of things changed. Venezuela was in bad shape. Now they're in good shape. We actually buy their oil, if you can believe it. And we refine it in Houston. It's the only place where you can refine it because it's really tar, much more so than oil. But uh, we would not be playing games with Venezuela. They would not be doing what they're doing. Now they're sending people, and they just put out a statement last week. We're not taking them back. They're sending their people from jails and prisons and mental institutions, and they say we're not taking them back. That wouldn't happen with the Trump administration, that I can tell you. Now to a developing story. Attorneys for former President Donald Trump are appealing a Cook County judge's ruling to remove him from the Illinois ballot. Illinois is one of several states to consider disqualifying Trump because of his role in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Let's get right to CBS 2's Marissa Perlman. Early voting is already underway, so this comes as yet another late-in-the-game change when it comes to voters' ballots. Silver County Court Judge Tracy Porter has now ordered the Illinois Board of Elections to remove Trump's name from the ballot, but also put the order on hold pending an expected appeal. The Trump campaign has filed that appeal with the State Board of Elections seeking to have Judge Porter's decision stayed until the appeal is fully and finally resolved by the Illinois Appellate Court, First District, the Illinois Supreme Court, and or the U.S. Supreme Court. So the highest court already has two cases now regarding the former president. Illinois is one of several states, as you mentioned, Jim, considering disqualifying Trump for his role on January 6th. Well, this case hinges on the 14th Amendment, which bans officials from serving in government if they have engaged in insurrection. The Supreme Court will rule on that and whether Trump has presidential immunity after a federal grand jury indicted him for attempting to overturn the 2020 election. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in the hot seat on Capitol Hill. So he's facing questions from lawmakers about how and why he didn't notify the White House, Congress, or the public about his hospitalizations. ABC's M. Wint has more from Washington. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin grilled by angry lawmakers, demanding to know why it took so long to tell the president and Congress about his undisclosed hospital stays. I believe most members of this committee are bewildered at how these events could transpire. 
It's Austin's first time facing the House Armed Services Committee since his surgery for prostate cancer in December. He returned to the hospital with complications, spending days in the ICU. We did have a breakdown in notifications during my January stay at Walter Reed. That is, sharing my location and why I was here. Again, we did not handle this right, and I did not handle it right. Now, federal sources tell CBS2 that the FBI raided a home in the Bronx owned by Winnie Greco, Mayor Adams' director of Asian affairs. The Department of Investigation opened a probe following allegations Greco tried to benefit improperly from her position. Greco still works for the city but is currently on leave. The mayor's office says that they will fully cooperate with any review and that the mayor has not been accused of any wrongdoing. First public hearing about the uber-controversial program of congestion pricing in Manhattan. And you can bet there was no shortage of opinions about the plan, pro and con. Although the con's speaking a little louder for a plan that's set to begin in June. In the middle of their action for us, Eyewitness News reporter Sonia Rincon. The MTA is nearly ready to switch on the plate and easy pass readers after a process that's taken years. But this is one of the last steps. All comments carry the same weight. The comments in this series of public hearings are not expected to radically change the plan to toll drivers below 60th Street, but they could help refine it. With arguments for hiking fees for street-clogging Uber and Lyft cars, and against that... The MTA's a money pit! This TLC driver didn't hold back telling board members where he thought they were headed. Lucifer waits for you! Security showed him the door, but most criticism was civil. It'll be the final nail in the coffin that will relegate Manhattan to become the playground for the wealthy. This woman who lives below 60th Street has to drive outside the city for work. I'm going to have to probably move. The London plan offers a 90% discount to all residents who live within the zone. I'm not in favor of zone residents paying anything, but at least that would benefit low-income residents like myself. But plenty of the zone's residents told the board congestion pricing can't start soon enough, like a woman whose husband died after an ambulance was delayed. None of you want to be in a situation where you might have been saved, but you died because there was too much traffic. Well, a piece of Sopranos history is up for sale. The iconic booth from the show's final scene is being auctioned off. That's right. Our, our own Teresa Priolo spoke with the owner of Holston's about this bittersweet moment. It's the scene and the booth that put Bloomfield, New Jersey on the map, and it could soon be yours if your price is right. It's time to replace them. Chris Carley is the co-owner of Holston's on Broad Street. But in truth, a lot of days, he's the custodian of television history, in charge of ensuring Tony Soprano's booth stays just the way he likes it. Part of that job entails maintaining the booth, and it's time for a renovation. So he has put that famous booth on eBay, available to the highest bidder. Bids are north of $30,000, and there's still four days to go. You recently came back from Israel, an amazing trip, and I, I want to hear about, you know, what it was like for you. The people there, Ernie, are the most resilient, patriotic, mm. loyal. You see these people that live and die for their country mm. and walk around, Ernie, on a Saturday night in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, like we do here in New York. They're happy, they're having dinner. I mean, they're wearing the same tag I'm wearing right now. Yeah, tell me about that. Every here. Israeli wears this. Yeah. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. One side says, long live Israel. Mm-hmm. The other side talks about bringing home the hostages. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train going in 
25 years since that last epic Sopranos episode. And again, Halston's Diner. I'm not sure that put Bloomfield, New Jersey on the map. That would be a bit of saturation. But they're going to sell that iconic booth. And as you heard in that news report from Fox yesterday on eBay, the latest is up to $31,000. But before I get to that or that great piece, Ernie Anastas, the legendary, iconic news anchor Ernie Anastas, who you hear on this show every morning doing his positively Ernie bit, has an amazing podcast. He's great. And he honored me by having me as a guest, just like Suzanne Miller did a couple of weeks ago. And we had a great time. And the podcast hit yesterday. And you heard a piece of it right there talking about my Israel trip. But I want to talk about something uh, pretty serious. Much like yesterday, we had dueling presidents at the border, the current imbecile in Brownsville, Texas, and about 350 miles away, the great president, 45, who hopefully will do it again and become number 47, Donald Trump in Eagle Pass. Well, today we've got dueling funerals. And this will tell you all you need to know about the media in the United States. Since... CNN started their morning show at 6 a.m. 13 minutes in, CNN has been on one story and one story only, and that is the funeral for Russian opposition leader Navalny. 13 minutes, they have not left Moscow, okay? So as far as CNN is concerned, the big funeral takes place in Russia today. Wherever he's being buried, this guy couldn't care less. Fox News started their show at 6 o'clock in the morning with another person being buried today. Happens at 2 o'clock this afternoon, and her name is Lakin Riley, an American who was murdered by an illegal. Here we're talking about Biden and Trump at the border in Texas. Do you know, by the way, that Donald Trump actually spoke to Lakin Riley's parents, and Joe Biden hasn't? Just like Donald Trump went to East Palestine last year 
when Joe Biden was taking pictures with Zelensky in Ukraine? Is there any question, any question, who puts America first, whether it's Trump and Biden or CNN and Fox? CNN all over the Navalny funeral, I couldn't care less. Fox News all over Lake and Riley, which I do care about. Beautiful Georgia student murdered by an illegal. CNN is still, still now 15 minutes in on Navalny. So Trump at the border yesterday did talk a bit about Lake and Riley. And again, her funeral is coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So before we get to all the, the juicy parts, which has Biden yesterday asking Trump to help him, and Trump basically saying, F you, this is the number one topic I'm going to beat you on in 2024. Here, the former president, not the current president, on this day where Lake and Riley will be buried, took a moment to remember Lake and Riley. Trump cut number one. Just one week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged uh, charging the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name. Never says her name. Didn't speak to her parents, but Trump did. But again, Joe Biden yesterday actually asking Trump, help me, buddy. Come on, Jack. We can do this together. And, of course, Trump, Trump's got to be going, this guy has really lost it. Here is uh, Joe Biden, Brownsville, Texas, yesterday cut number eight, saying, hey, me and you, Trump, we can do this together. I understand my predecessor's legal past today. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing policy for this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you <laughs> in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know it's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. Stop it. So instead of playing politics for the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Just get it done. Where's he been? I mean... <laughs> Is he kidding? <laughs> no, he's being completely serious. Well, where's he been? I, I don't know. So, Noam, you see the um, the striking difference, <laughs> CNN, Navalny, just went to break, 16 minutes, Navalny funeral, Fox News, Lake and Riley, Donald Trump talking about Lake and Riley, Russia, America, America first, Joe Biden down at the border, couldn't give a rat's ass about this country, sells us out at every opportunity, and my friend Trump has lost literally a billion dollars because he put America first. Do you understand the stark difference there? Oh, you can't miss it. There's a clear distinction about what those two were doing yesterday and what they're going to do today.
Well, what are they going to do today? Well, uh, you're not going to hear the president likely talk about Riley's funeral. And if he does talk about anything, likely it'll be Alexei Navalny's funeral, which is happening right now. Right. So, so, he, so he takes his points from CNN and uh, Trump is more like Fox News. Right. Yeah. He will talk about Navalny's funeral. You're right, because they'll give him a chance to to go after Vladimir Putin, who, uh, well, I tell you, for a guy that loves Trump and him and Trump are good buddies, Correct me if I'm wrong, no one, but uh, it was only a week ago when Vladimir Putin said, I'm endorsing Joe Biden. I'd rather have him there. I don't want Donald Trump anywhere near that office. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he's going to meddle in the American elections. It's clear that he has in the past, so he's going to do it again. All right, give me the latest now. We'll move past this story. We've got great sound today and amazing guests. The second story in the open that, once again, Justin Ellick did a great job on, talks about this ridiculous judge, Tracy Porter, in Illinois. But you know what's weird here? He's not off the ballot yet. She's, like, waiting to see what happens in other states. So the story read like he's off the ballot in Illinois, but right now he's really not. No. And, you know, all these things are going to be likely overturned, but you have these progressives in all these states, these progressive judges, a lot of them elected, of course. So they say they're representing their electorate. And, uh, you know, they some of these people sailed into office on the fact that they wanted to take down Donald Trump. So now they're having this opportunity, at least they think they are, to keep him off the ballot. But in the end, it would be completely shocking if they're able to do it. All right, Noah more Story 3 in the open had Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He appeared before the House Armed Services Committee yesterday. They grilled him how he could possibly disappear for a couple of weeks, prostate cancer or not. That position, you're not supposed to do that. Didn't tell the president. president didn't even ask. That's what a moron he is. Uh, your thoughts on Lloyd Austin on the Hill yesterday? Well, I think what was interesting, what's been interesting, most interesting about this story is, you know, usually Democrats, Republicans on the opposite side, but you had both sides really kind of slapping around saying you can't do that. You can't go away and not tell the White House what's going on. You know, fine that you need some uh, really intense surgery, but people have to know exactly what's going on with you. You can't hide that information from anybody. Yesterday, we had a public hearing on congestion pricing. I mean, I know there were pros and cons. Uh, we played a cut of a lady who said, I want congestion pricing. My husband was dying. He was in an ambulance. There was traffic, and he died. He died because of traffic. And my heart goes out to that woman. It really does. I'm sorry about your husband. But the truth is, I, I can't imagine. Well, I shouldn't say the truth is. I can't imagine that most New Yorkers are not disgusted by this. We can't afford it. And it really does become, Manhattan really does become below 60th Street a playground for the wealthy because folks just can't afford it. I'm sorry about your husband, lady, but give me a break. Congestion pricing public hearing yesterday. What's the latest with that? 120 people speaking yesterday, some of them on Zoom, some of them in person. It was surprisingly, and maybe the MTA fed this, but it was surprisingly evenly split split for the Jeez. most part between people who are in favor of this. Those are people, obviously, who are subway and bus riders, and then people who are against. Are you not shocked by that? I, you know, it makes me think, and it's in a conspiratorial way, that the MTA had some of their own people, oh, family no members, actors. speaking yeah. Yeah, on their behalf. Up. I agree. But that said, 
you there, you get the sense that this is going to happen and that these lawsuits likely are not going to work and that the MTA is going to get its way. Those transponders are up. They're ready to collect the money already. If you go by uh, Bloomingdale's right by us, there's some outside the Lincoln and Holland tunnels. They're ready to go. So it's not going to happen in April like the MTA wanted it to, but maybe this summer it's a possibility. They're talking about June, a probability, not a possibility, a probability in June. And they also say in these public hearings, while it's good to hear from people on both sides don't change a thing. No. So really, they're a waste of time. They're always nonsense. I've never seen, and I've been a reporter for a while, where somebody who's on the other side of those public hearings goes, oh, yeah, you're right, let's change that. Uh, maybe there'll be some idea that could help people out. In, like, one of the ideas is people in the zone shouldn't have to pay. So maybe they'll change some of that a little bit. Yeah. But the idea of congestion pricing is not going away. Yeah, one guy did mention the London uh, congestion pricing, which we basically stole like everything else from the British. Thank you, Beatles. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the folks that live in that area get a 90% discount. That's what they did in London. So maybe we do that here. Uh, finally, the Eric Adams detractors, the folks that hate the mayor, and there are more and more every day, are licking their chops. They've got a raging erection right now, not because they're just waking up and going to pee for the first time, but because they can't wait to hear Curtis Sliwa coming up in about 45 minutes. As you know, that Curtis Sliwa is going to open a can of whoop-ass on the mayor. And why is that? Another well, FBI raid. Now, look, I know after all these raids that they keep saying the mayor's fine. This is not about the mayor, right? The 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 girl in in Brooklyn, uh, uh, what was her name again? Um, Brianna, Brianna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now yesterday you get Winnie Greco. You had all the information about this uh, the, the 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 Turkey uh, Turkey government and this uh, construction company in Brooklyn. So between Red China, between New York, between Turkey and the mayor, the 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 you know. Uh, watching him raise that Turkish flag down by Battery Park and two FBI raids. I'm sorry, I'm not a law guy. I'm no genius. But at some point, you can keep telling me it has nothing to do with the mayor, but they keep raiding his places, says to me it has everything to do with the mayor. What well, about you? Don't forget the most important part is they took his two phones away from him. Remember that? Right. The FBI's got his phones. <laughs> yeah, so. so two FBI raids, they took his phones. They've got three different instances of him taking money. Uh, his, his, I should say, his campaign taking money. How is this not about the mayor? Well... They're pushing back and saying that it's not. But uh, this woman taking in uh, the houses, she had two houses searched yesterday, a longtime friend of the mayor, a longtime fundraiser for her. Uh, they'll tell you that has something to do with maybe some construction that was done for her by some city workers, that it's uh, not a bigger story than that. But others will say, no, no, this is all part of a bigger investigation that could lead right to the mayor. That's what I'm thinking, right? I mean, when they double down and they keep uh, having these raids, they don't care about Winnie Greco and her construction. They don't care about, you know, uh, what was her name again in Brooklyn? I just said her name. Brianna, Brianna. Suggs. Yeah. They don't care. You know, they, they, they want the mayor. There's no question that they want the mayor. Then they don't do these types of things just to waste people's times. I mean, they're not going to use all these... Um, uh, you know, all these uh, people and, and all the, the stuff that they use to go after Winnie Greco, are they? 
I wouldn't think so. I think this is all about connecting the dots to get them to somebody else. I mean, don't you think? It seems that now way. Now, we're going to hear uh, for days now, oh, listen, you know what this is? This is Joe Biden. You know, Trump, uh, excuse me, uh, Eric Adams should start endorsing Donald Trump. Andrew Cuomo should endorse Donald Trump. You know why? Because Letitia James did to Andrew Cuomo what she did to Trump. Not as bad, nearly, but the whole stupid case with the women, with Andrew Cuomo, come on, it was a nonsense. That was all Letitia James. So now you got Adams, who was quick to endorse Joe Biden at every step, but yet, 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 listen to this, but he blames the federal government for the illegal crisis in New York and the people around the mayor are blaming Joe Biden for these FBI raids. How do you endorse a guy that you will will say, in all honesty, is going after me and crippled my city? That's how you know, as much as I like Eric, you can't take him seriously in this position. You can't have it both ways. Oh, Joe Biden's my guy. Really? Your people are blaming him for these FBI raids, which is ridiculous, but you are. And you blame him for the illegals crisis. Which one is it, Noam? <laughs> That's a good question. Am I making any sense? You are making a lot of sense. All actually. these people say, oh, you got to feel bad. If you like Trump, you should like Eric Adams because they're going after him like they're going after Trump. Really? Well, why is he endorsing Joe Biden and Eric Adams? Why? All these people, you know why? Because Biden is going after Trump. Biden is not going after Eric Adams. Nobody cares that Eric Adams at this point wants to change the sanctuary city laws. Nobody cares that Eric Adams was critical of the federal government. The idea that Biden is going after Adams is complete nonsense. Agree or disagree? That they're going, wait, repeat yeah, that Yeah, that, 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 that this whole, all these FBI <laughs> stuff started because Joe Biden is going after Eric Adams. It could be. Because Biden is, is, is upset that he was criticized by the mayor. He wouldn't be the first president to use the Justice Department. No, he wouldn't do that. But I don't. Yeah. You think Eric Adams? That's that's what, that's what the president. Uh, yeah, Eric Adams is not an enemy, though. So I don't know. Who knows where? Right. Maybe, or maybe there's just something to this case, and that's all it is. That the mayor's really, if they connected to the mayor, that he's really done something wrong. Are you saying, Noah, yeah. mm-hmm. without any any doubt, that you believe the mayor is guilty? <laughs> I don't know. I can't say because we don't have that information. Yet. <laughs> we, be careful where you walk. Him. <laughs> he'll hold out some candy and he'll leave you. Right. Well, here's the good news for you. If you say the mayor is guilty, yes, then the FBI won't come after you. <laughs> All right. Big show coming up. No, that was a spectacular job covering literally seven stories. That's why Noel Layton is, and I mean this sincerely, the best news guy in the business. Big Show, Alex Trayman, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Tacopina, Gavin Wax, and more. Huge Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. And it's only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Group, the great Roger Daltrey celebrating a birthday today. My man, the great Lou Rapino, tells me how old is is Roger today? And please don't tell me he's becoming hot vegetarian. Please don't tell me that. I won't tell you. He did, did he? Yeah. Eight oh. Jesus, the big eighty for Roger Daltrey. The big eighty. What's going on, Lewis? Unbelievable. This song is. From 1969, too. Well, I feel like this song Tommy. has been around forever. So. I know. <laughs> Pinball Wizard. Not even my favorite Who song. It's top five. I mean, oh, God, excuse me. Oh, what is your favorite Who song? Oh, God. Oh, What's your favorite Who song? I don't know. I have, until I can belch, I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I like, um, what's the one I always ask you to play all the time? Rain Over Me. I love Rain Over Me. Yeah, I love that song. That's on another big album, Quadrophenia. That was probably about the same, uh, not long after 69, right? I mean, mm, Yeah, it's after, I think. Oh, that's on Quadrophenia. It's on, nice quadru- job out of you. on Quadrophenia. Yeah. All right, so I did uh, play in the first segment uh, President Donald Trump talking about Lake and Riley. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this all morning long. CNN started their show today, spent the first 16 minutes and they're still on it. Oh, my God. Take a look at this, Lewis. What is CNN talking about right now? It's right on the on the Russian opposition. Yes. Funeral for Russian opposition leader. So yeah. you have to understand. What are they? Are they waiting for like a big? Uh, <laughs> I guess they're doing like a live. You want to think about Russia collusion. 38 minutes. This show is now 38 minutes old, the CNN morning show, and they're still talking about the funeral for Navalny. Well, the only story, I think, is what's going to happen. There's supposed to be a big um, revolt or something Man, against, I, for Putin. I mean, I protest, know, but that's revolt, protest. I know. This, but again, Fox News started their show this morning with the fact that we've got a funeral here in the United States today, too, for Lake and Riley. That comes your way at 2 p.m. So I did play Donald Trump mentioning the fact that he spoke to Riley's parents. Biden hasn't because, of course, she was killed by an illegal. And Biden doesn't want to touch that with a 10-foot fork. 
and Trump is all over it. So much like Trump is America first and Biden isn't, Fox News is America first and CNN isn't. And by the way, Trump is one of the most popular presidents of all time and Biden's a disaster. Fox News gets ratings and CNN doesn't. Folks, what I'm trying to explain to you is America first matters. No one is watching CNN right now, trust me, except for a few hateful assholes who look for any reason, any reason to somehow put together Trump and Putin and Putin. That's it. Is that fair to say no? I would say for CNN viewers, that's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> totally fair, yes. All right, so let's get to what Trump back at the border yesterday, talking about what a horrible job Joe Biden has done with the border and how migrant crime right now is a huge issue all over this country. And he's right. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number two. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of a vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime, but that's a little bit long. So we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from. Allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office, because hopefully the biggest risk we have is nine months. That's a long time. Right. A lot of bad things can happen. As I always say in speeches and rallies, it's if you take the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country, and you added them all up, all of the problems, all of the lousy jobs they've done. You can add them all up. It's not as bad as this one man has done for our country. What he's done to our country is he's destroying our country. He talked about Venezuela quite a bit yesterday, too, the the animal that killed Lake and Wiley in Georgia, Venezuelan, and they're committing crimes all over the country. And he talked about how basically these countries are emptying their jails. All their criminals are coming here. He did that, too, with Mexico, you remember, back in 2016. Donald Trump, Lewis, this is our cut number five, saying they're not exactly giving us their best. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries, 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings, and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that are coming into our country. And they're coming from jails, and they're coming from prisons, and they're coming from mental institutions, and they're coming from insane asylums. And they're terrorists. They're being led into our our country. And uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It is horrible. And whose fault is it? President Trump? Get audience. Take a guess. Trump, cut number three. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president. The worst president our country's ever had. Uh, probably the most incompetent president we've ever had, but it's uh, allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from China, Iran, Yemen, the Congo, Syria, and a lot of other nations. Then he goes on to take a shot, too, not just at Biden, but the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who has spent the last couple of days, you can't make this up, congratulating Joe Biden on the great job he's doing. 
highlighting all the wonderful things Biden has done, job creation, all this stuff, folks. What are you watching? I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing Biden do a great job. So somebody had to kick Newsom's ass. Why not Donald Trump? Cut number four. We had the most secure border, and people weren't coming because they knew they weren't going to get in. And we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, all the promises that are made, no wonder they come. I mean, uh, you look at what this governor, Newscum from California, isn't that his name, Newscum? What he's done to California is unbelievable. People are pouring in to think they're going to get medical aid. Oh, come on. Our soldiers, our vets aren't being taken care of. The people that come into our country illegally are. (laughs) That's my favorite nickname yet. That's a good one. Newscum. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is so good. I like the way he does it too. It's smoothly just comes yeah, right. This goes right into it. Right. You know we what? We don't even know about news comedy. <laughs> <laughs> just terrible. You're gonna have to play it again. One more time. News scum. Donald Trump. Cut number four. We had the most secure border, and people weren't coming because they knew they weren't going to get in. And we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, all the promises that are made. No wonder they come. I mean, uh, you look at what this governor. Newscum from California. Isn't that his name? Newscum. All right, thank you. So then talking about uh, wh- governors, uh, Governor Abbott, the great governor of Texas, who the mayor here has referred to as a racist, and I've told Eric Adams, that's stupid. Stop doing that. You sound stupid. He's not a racist. He's doing what you should do, quite frankly. <laughs> he said, if you think I'm going to stop busting these migrants all over the place, well... I got some bad news for you. And then he thanked Trump. This is uh, the great governor of Texas, Governor Abbott Lewis, cut number 12. Unless and until Joe Biden steps up and does his job, that he has the power to do already to enforce the laws of the United States of America, Texas will continue to bust those migrants to sanctuary cities all across the United States of America. But I am very thankful for the model set by President Trump President Trump showed that when he was in office, he was able to secure the border. And I know that when he is reelected as our president, Come on. our border will once again yeah. be secured. So thank you, thank you, President Trump. Thank you, bitches. Uh, one more. Let's go back to Trump. We played this in the first segment, but it was so good. While CNN continues to just obsess over this Navalny funeral. Where are they right now? Where? At what point? Are Commercial, they but they're still doing Navalny oh, 45 oh, yeah. minutes okay. in. Okay. Again, I've reminded you folks 10 times today that we're going to bury Lake and Riley today, this beautiful Georgia student murdered by an illegal. Joe Biden has not talked to her family. President Trump has. And he took time again yesterday to talk about Lake and Riley and her family. Cut number one. Just... One week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. 
She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name. He's right about that. Uh, CNN has moved off the Navalny funeral. Now they're talking about abortion. Just you know, We're going to talk to Alex Trim. You know, CNN yesterday, and again, I wish I, I, I don't see it, but the TV is on. I see it. They were claiming all morning long that the Israelis, the IDF, went to this uh, spot in Gaza where the innocent, beautiful Palestinian Gaza civilians were standing around a truck looking for aid, and the Israelis, the IDF, just opened fire and killed a bunch of them. That was CNN's claim. Then I heard somebody else say, well, not really. There was a riot, and they came at the soldiers. We're going to find out the truth. I do know there was a terrorist attack in the West Bank again yesterday, and more innocent Israelis were murdered. We'll go live to Jerusalem, talk to Alex Trayman coming up next. We'll talk to Joe Nolan as well. But it is time now for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from a main man, John Katsimatidis, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. It is Katz and Cosby. Here, they talk with Texas Rep. Beth Van Doon about Biden. The dichotomy between both of these presidents, when you look at Biden, who is so obviously forcefully staged, the only reason he even went down there was because Trump was down there and he didn't want to give him that photo op. But instead of actually going to ground zero and being where the action is and talking to the agents on the ground that are having to deal with this on a daily basis, he's in Brownsville, the 29th you know, busiest um, um, uh, place where people are crossing, obviously in a sanitized picture area. This is Sid on Sports. Oh Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellicott with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Both the Knicks and the Nets returned into action last night on the hardwood at the Garden. The Knicks fell 110-99 to the Golden State Warriors thanks to a 31-point and 11 rebound outburst out of superstar Stephen Curry. You know, on a serious note here, yeah. while Mike Lupica is writing columns how the Knicks can win a championship after the trades, blah, 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 mm-hmm. if Julius Randle... And uh, on and Obi don't come back soon. The Knicks may fall out of the playoffs. Forget about winning a championship. They're closer to the sixth seed right now than the one seed. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything about Randall or or, or Obi's return. Have you? Uh, no. I mean, Obi is speculated he could he could return soon. He's going to start dribbling and shooting. They say. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're in trouble at this contact. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're missing to it. You know, it's one thing to lose to Boston. Golden State's a bad team. Yeah, Golden State's not good. Very average. Very, very average at best. And you're the four seed right now, but you're right. I mean, four could easily turn into six in a very short amount of time. I'm worried. Well. And to think these guys are just going to walk on the court, they're going to be great overnight. I mean, this is not the Larry Bird Celtics. Calm I down. I know. Well, the one silver lining is, you know, Brunson continues to play great ball. No, he's great. I'm not worried about Brunson. Yeah. DiVincenzo continues to pour he's, in. He's you know, been a wonderful. Yes, he's right. been a the, the Villanova crew has been yeah. great. Brunson. Uh, DiVincenzo and Hart. That Villanova crew has been great. Outside of that, team scares me to death until somebody gets healthy. I mean, Precious has been a nice surprise, too, but right. can't count on him. Yeah. Well, I don't know, bro. I'm playing at a 250 clip right now in, in February. Four and eight. 
So after going 14 and two in January, got to pick it up here. Got to get healthy though. Out in Brooklyn, the Nets found something against the visiting Hawks, burying Atlanta by a score of 124 to 97. Cam Johnson scored a season high 29 points, hitting a season high seven three pointers in 11 attempts, fighting for the last play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. Teams will meet again at the Barclays Center tomorrow. Brooklyn improved to 23 and 36, winning an interim coach Kevin Ollie's first home game since replacing the fired Jacques Vaughn on February, uh, February 20th. In the NHL, Matthew Barzell had a tie-breaking goal with just over six minutes left in the third, and Brock Nelson scored twice, lifting the Islanders to a 5-3 victory last night. Snapped the Detroit Red Wings' six-game winning streak. Looking ahead to tonight on the ice, the Devils return to action on the road, set to face off at Anaheim against the Ducks at 10 p.m. And down at MLB Spring Training today, the Mets will play around with the Cardinals uh, at 105, and the Yanks host the Toronto Blue Jays a bit later at 635. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. But someone has to explain to Dominic that it's not another rematch. It's just a rematch. It's not another rematch. Trump beat Clinton in 2016. Biden beat Trump in 2020. So this will be a Biden-Trump rematch, not another rematch. But, of course, whoever puts that together is not as smart as me, and they just let it go. But it just sounds bad because it's not another rematch. It's a rematch. I'm writing the numbers down. <laughs> You're saying two oh God. times I'm, two. I really am becoming like I'm as I'm annoying myself. Really? You, I really you, am, because I used to always say general consensus, and he'd be like, Charles, you tell this moron that a consensus <laughs> is general in nature. It can't be a general consensus. No, well, kids, that another rematch. It's a rematch. You're not enamored with someone. You're enamored of somebody. <laughs> yeah, that one, too. Oh, I, yes. could, I could care less. Uh, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. care less. I could care less. Right, could care less. Well, not, not I've never done it. I've always said couldn't care less, yeah. yes. I could still care less. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been uh, hammering CNN all morning long because while Fox News started with the Lake and Riley's funeral today, CNN is still on Navalny's funeral. Well, yesterday CNN was going on and on how the Israelis, their IDF soldiers, opened fire and murdered, gunned down a bunch of innocent Palestinians in Gaza who were standing around a truck waiting for aid. Then I heard another story that said, well, it wasn't that simple. There was also another terrorist attack where innocent Israelis were murdered in the West Bank. So where do I get my news from from Israel? Only one place. Only one. JNS.org. My dear friend, the CEO, Alex Trayman, joining me live again from Jerusalem this morning. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get right to this uh, story from yesterday, because you'll tell the truth. Uh, the story from CNN was the IDF just started opening fire on a bunch of innocent Palestinians gunning down civilians. And then I heard a, a conflicting story that said, well, there was a riot and these people actually came after the soldiers. What's the truth? What really happened yesterday? Well, yesterday, as part of uh, Israel's uh 
campaign to continue to bring humanitarian aid into Gaza Strip, which is highly controversial inside Israel, uh, there was a convoy of trucks that were going towards the northern Gaza Strip. And uh, you know that the situation in Gaza is getting uh, pretty, pretty desperate uh, with regard to food and, and other uh, essential supplies. So when this truck came in, this happened about four in the morning, uh, there, there was a riot, basically, that people were storming the truck. It was like a, a mosh pit almost trying to get to the truck and to raid it uh, for supplies. And uh, people got trampled. Uh, as they were racing the truck, and the truck themselves, and there was a few trucks, actually ran over uh, some of the people as they were trying to get towards where they were going. Uh, And and then Hamas operatives with guns started firing because they want to get control of the the humanitarian aid, and they try to get as much of it as they can. And then in addition to that, uh, then some some people with guns uh, operatives started going towards an IDF, checkpoint which was trying to secure that this convoy would get to where it was and then the idf started shooting at the people that were shooting at them so all told there there was a big melee uh many of the people injured in a in a stampede basically uh and run over by trucks and then those that attacked the idf were a few of them were shot by the idf so it's not necessarily true then the way cnn portrayed it as Hey, these are poor people waiting for their aid, standing there doing nothing, and the Israelis, the IDF, just open fire. Of course, that's not true, right? Well, you can remember early on in the war, there was reports that the IDF had uh, bombed a hospital in the north of the Gaza Strip, killing 500 people. And as it turned out, it was a uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that hit the parking lot outside of the hospital and probably uh, less than a a dozen or two dozen people were killed in that, but every part of that story was wrong, but it didn't stop uh, Reuters, CNN, BBC, and all the other mainstream media from reporting the Hamas narrative. This is uh, JNS.org, the CEO, Alex Trayman, live right now in Jerusalem, where it is uh, 1 o'clock, excuse me, I stand corrected, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Now, on the other hand, there was absolutely a terrorist attack, another murder, once again, in the West Bank, I was talking to our good buddy Yehuda Hanikman yesterday, and the West Bank has become really dangerous. Now, what I heard was a Palestinian police officer pulled up at a gas station and started shooting, murdering two Israelis, the same exact spot, by the way, where four Israelis were murdered about four months ago. Give me the latest on that story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, A Palestinian police officer and potentially two other accomplices came into a gas station, opened fire on on people just pumping gas at the gas station. A shootout uh, occurred and and they did uh, they did take out the terrorists. Uh, Now they're the idea. When you say a shootout occurred and they took out the terrorists and this is one of the things I talked about quite a bit since I've been home is that almost everybody in Israel carries a firearm, civilians. And uh, unlike the United States, where shooters go and murder a bunch of people and don't get taken down till cops show up hours later, in Israel this happens, and a civilian practically ends it almost every time, yes? Well, I wouldn't say that almost every Israeli carries a, a firearm. That's that's definitely not the case. It's it's definitely a minority of people that carry firearms. But uh, people do understand, the country understands that civilians uh, are there basically to neutralize terrorists. And so the country does let people that live in dangerous areas carry a single pistol. 
they're registered to a single pistol. It's not like you can just buy as many guns as you want, like in America. Um, and uh, yes, uh, civilians are there, uh, and they neutralize terrorists in, in many of the situations. Including yesterday. Correct. So what is going on uh, with the West Bank? I mean, you know, I know the, the first terrorist attack I heard about a couple of weeks ago was down by Gaza, where they murdered that uh, people by the bus stop. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last two terrorist attacks taking part in broad daylight um, and killing civilians were both in the West Bank. Is that right? Correct. There was a uh, terror attack just over a week ago uh, on uh, the entrance from the Judean Hills uh, into uh, Jerusalem at, at a checkpoint there. They just wait for uh, people to get caught in the traffic jam and open fire on cars. And, and so, too, here you have people just pumping gas and they pull into a gas station in Samaria, probably about uh, 20 minutes north of Jerusalem. And they're outside the town of Ali and, and just opening fire uh, and, and hitting a 57-year-old rabbi, father of, of several kids, as well as a, a 16-year-old that was, was catching a ride, uh, just sitting in the gas station and have really no way to react. You know, I um, I did an interview with Ernie Anastas, which you saw, and you sent me a nice message this morning. You said, oh, my God, I, Ernie Anastas is a legend. I remember watching Ernie, and I'm not that young about my trip to Israel. I still talk about it every day. Can't wait to go back. And one of the spots that we went to was uh, Judea and Samaria. You know that. And we spent time in Gush Etzion and Kafar Etzion. And you were telling me yesterday that um, there's a big decision that basically is about to be made about that area, which right now, according to you, there are four times as many Arabs as there are Jews. Yet, yet... Every Jew I speak to talks about Judea and Samaria as basically the last line of defense for Jerusalem. What is the latest with that area? Yeah, it's not just the last line of defense around Jerusalem, even though it surrounds Jerusalem on three sides. It also comes up right against uh, Ben-Gurion Airport near Tel Aviv, you know, and and reduces Israel to only nine miles wide in its narrowest point near Israeli cities like Netanya. Uh, so it really does uh, come right up against the uh, Israeli population centers all over. Uh, but it's also the place where just about every biblical story in, in the Torah takes place. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the stories take place in these areas called Judea and Samaria. Jews are called Jews because they come from Judea. Uh, but this is the area that uh, Jordan occupied uh, from 1948 until 1967, and it's the area where a very large percentage of Palestinians in the area reside. Uh, Israel took over the area as they did Gaza, as they did the Golan Heights, as they did uh, half of e e half of Jerusalem in 1967. But the international community definitely has its eyes on trying to turn uh, Judea and Samaria into a Palestinian state, and they have for, for years. But now, uh, even as Israel fights a war for its very survival inside Gaza, the United States, the U.K., are considering uh, recognizing a Palestinian state in Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, wow. Wow. even if the Palestinians don't bring peace to the table, even if Palestinians and Israelis don't want a two-state solution, and even if these two parties are not ready to negotiate a final settlement. Um, so it, it's a dangerous situation, and that would make uh, a Palestinian state essentially the reward for October 7th. And there shouldn't be no rewards for October 7th. There should be only penalties for October 7th. Uh, so 
I, I think you saw the story that uh, that we reported yesterday. Uh, you know, I conducted an interview with former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, and he last week just unveiled a new proposal, which actually would call for full Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria, which would essentially put to bed uh, the proposal, the plan, the possibility of a Palestinian state in the area. Obviously, the Biden administration would reject it out of hand, uh, but we're in an election year, and uh, Friedman's remained very loyal to former President Donald Trump, who placed him there in the last administration. And it is widely believed that if Trump would win the presidency, that uh, Friedman may either return as ambassador to Israel or have some other senior policymaking uh, position inside the administration. What a great job. I saw David Friedman on Mark Levin's television show last Saturday. And by the way, we're going to have David Friedman on this show coming up this Tuesday at 9.15 a.m. But you did a great job with Friedman yesterday. And, you know, you talk about, you know, here's Biden. I'm pro-Israel, yet he wants to give Judea and Samaria to the Palestinians. Prince William came out yesterday and said there's no room for anti-Semitism in London, yet the U.K. is on board with the Americans to give that uh, area away. But it was Donald Trump who recognized the Golan Heights as a part of Israel, as you know, Alex. So is it fair to assume if Trump wins again and he puts Friedman back in power, that that Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria has a real chance of happening if and when Donald Trump wins again? I think it does have a good chance. Uh, Trump did propose his own, what they called the deal of the century here, which was uh, essentially to create a Palestinian state minus so to speak, uh, in parts of Judea and Samaria. Uh, but from what I understand, the president is appalled by what took place on October 7th, uh, doesn't really believe that the Palestinians have done anything to earn a state, uh, and that ultimately they believe that uh, Israel can provide a lot more security uh, for the entire area, including the Palestinian residents, and in addition, uh, provide a lot more economic opportunities and better build infrastructure that would benefit both Jews and Arabs that live in the in the in the the territory. Last one, Alex. Uh, amazing job as always. In the final thirty seconds, some of these random terrorist attacks that we've seen over the last couple of months, West Bank and down by Gaza. Do you think that these are uh, some of these animals that came into Israel all the way back in October that are still kind of around? They haven't all left yet. Or do you think these are just people living there or getting in to take advantage that day? No, these aren't people that crossed over from Gaza. There's no remaining uh, terrorists uh, from Gaza inside Israel, from what from what we understand. Uh, and we do know where each of these terrorists come from. They're coming from communities inside uh, Palestinian-controlled cities in the West Bank, Judea, and Samaria, or from uh, Israeli towns uh, in Jerusalem, Palestinian uh, towns inside Jerusalem. Um, and and this is the big fear. You know, we're seeing an increase in, in these attacks. And now as we get towards Ramadan, which has traditionally been a holy month for attacks against Jews, uh, that this could continue to, to really escalate uh, and really put the entirety of the Israeli uh, population at risk. Excellent job as always, man. Alex, I can't love you more. Alex Trayman, the CEO of JNS.org. I want to wish you a a good Shabbos. And I've been to your house on Shabbos, which actually is kind of funny because when you go to Alex's house and you go out on his terrace, it overlooks Jordan. You see Jordan right across the way. But uh, you and Sippy put together a beautiful meal. So good Shabbos to you and your family. We'll do this again next week, buddy. Thank you so much.
Thanks so much, Sid. You're a champion. You are, too. Thank you so much for that. Alex Trayman, JNS.org. We'll wrap it up. Come back with a big hour number two, which includes two great folks and both live in studio, Curtis Sliwa and Judge Andrew Napolitano, once again, both in studio. You want to hear the truth about Mayor Eric Adams? Curtis Sliwa's coming up next. summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a b&b with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter make this a summer to share and save with a capable kia suv or powerful sedan see your local kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more kia movement that inspires call 800-334-KIA for details always drive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824 This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Open Sesame. Climbing the Verrazano Bridge, I guess, when um, when Joey died, because Tony didn't call him, open Sesame. And every Friday, we do Disco Friday for Curtis, because he's the disco king, of course. And this song, Open Sesame, comes straight from probably the most recognizable, favorite New York disco movie of all time. And that is Saturday Night Fever, Open Sesame. But, and only Curtis can do this. This is why Curtis is a genius, and this is why this segment is so popular. And this is why you have him on every day. So, Curtis is going to tie this song from this movie to what's going on with the mayor. So, with that said, here he is. Big ratings on the Rip and Read, noon to one every weekday. Tremendous job. Big ratings hosting overnights all weekend long. And we all know how great he does sitting here with me every weekday. The aforementioned legend, the icon, Mr. Guardian Angel, Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, how are you going to tie that song and that movie to what's going on right now, the latest, with the mayor? All right, first off, uh, how you have to separate music from the personalities behind it. This is the old cool in the gang. You like this song, right? Yes. But the old cool in the gang from Jersey City, in fact, they live not far from where Gnome lives. Uh, are supporters of Screwy Louis Farrakhan yeah, in the Nation that. of Islam. I so, knew that already. So you yeah. understand how yeah. I separate. Yeah. You have a difficult yeah. time with Eric Clapton. Right. 
But, well, but, I, I, I didn't pick cool in the gang, and I like celebration and some of the other but nonsense. That's the new cool but I wouldn't in the gang. play it. Gee, oh, the celebration, the new cool in the gang. Gotcha, okay. That's the bubblegum uh, cool in the gang. <laughs> anyway, let's get back on track. Yeah. Remember the greatest uh, disco of all time, 2001 Odyssey. Was that the great? I know it was in Saturday Night Fever. Was that the greatest disco of, course, of all time? Of course, it's the most memorable. The most memorable. I More mean, memorable than, than the Palladium? Or? Of course, because yeah. it was in the movie. I know. It was People in the traveled movie. from all over the world. You remember they were coming into Diker Heights. They were getting lost in Bay Ridge. Yeah. Where's 2001 Odyssey? No, you're right. Underneath the L. Bensonhurst, 86, right? Right. By, uh, again, I, I mention this every time you mention the club. I can't help it. And uh, that is one of my favorite spots ever in Brooklyn history with, uh, with uh, what's his name, uh, Fester at the front door, the crazy country club, warm beer, lousy food. Yes, but uh, it is now a Chinese buffet. What? Uh, yes, a huge Chinese buffet. Stop it, stop it. You don't get lobster legs, so everything else, crab legs, everything, you just pile oh, it on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me yes. that the iconic disco yes. in Saturday Night Fever. 2001 Odyssey. Is now a Chinese buffet? buffet. All you can eat except no lobster legs. That's extra. Four hours. I wait four hours. Who was the, the great comedian tried, who did that bit? I tried to take a lobster <laughs> leg one time, and the woman went crazy on me. Extra, extra. You pay extra for that. So how are you possibly going to take Open Sesame? Yes. Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Becomes a Chinese buffet. Where could you possibly be going with this? Well, look. To attach it to the mayor. Look, Winnie Greco, uh, number two, she gets busted yesterday. What is her name? Winnie Greco. No, I feel like you've mentioned Winnie Greco before on this show. Many times. Many times. Oh, oh, oh follow the yen. Follow the money to Winnie Greco. Follow the yen. Uh, who has, who has Wait, been. Isn't that Japanese currency? Is that also Chinese currency? Whatever the hell, you know. <laughs> She is the special advisor to the mayor and director of Asian Affairs. And she's been with Eric since he was Brooklyn Borough president. Everybody knows it was just a matter of time that the FBI would raid her homes and her place of business and take out cartons and cartons and cartons of documents. So the FBI, much like they did with Brianna yes. in Brooklyn a yes. couple of months ago, yes. They raided Winnie Greco's home yesterday. Yeah, and you fuck out the Russian gal in uh, Jersey, who they also raided her home that same day they raided Brianna. So that's three now. Three fundraisers for Eric Adams. Three Eric Adams fundraisers raided by the FBI. All, yet, all, yet. all foreign money. All it foreign has money. all to do Turkey. It has to do with Russia and now Red China. Okay. But yet, what I heard yesterday was the same thing I heard after the Brianna raid, which is... This has nothing to do with the mayor. Of well, course it does. Well, well, no, he, he, they it, say no. I know, but of course they're in denial because they know it's it's um, anytime soon the Grim Reaper is coming, right, uh, with the indictments, and Eric Adams uh, will have a place, I guarantee you, up in Otisville at the Camp Fed in the Shelly Silver Cell, a.k.a. Meyer Lansky, Hyman Roth, uh, they have the best commissary. Don't worry. It's easy to visit today in Otisville. It's not the main prison. It's uh, no, it's uh, the camp. I know the place. Uh, See, a I... lot of your peeps are there. A lot of your <laughs> yeah, lodgemen are there. You know. See, I'd, I'd be very hypocritical 
because I yell and scream and rail every day about how the FBI, how the Department of Justice treats my friend Donald Trump. It's an absolute sham, and I'm friendly with Eric Adams. So even if he does get indicted, and Trump got indicted four times already, uh, that doesn't mean that Eric Adams is going to Otisville. By the way, uh, you're going to be at Chabot's dinner tonight in the Ponce at the synagogue. The synagogue of uh, the former mayor, A. Bean, that you needed to see with a microscope, he lived right there. He went to the same synagogue? Of course, he lived right there in the Ponza. Is he the worst mayor of all? Oh, oh, I shouldn't say that. No, no, no. no. He's, he's in the running, right? right. Uh, but uh, I want all of the people there, I want you to tell them, uh, for some of you, you need to eat crow because you didn't vote for Curtis Lewis. You did not vote for Curtis Lewis. I got to need- tell you, right now, right now, that statement, when you look, at the shape this city is in, in all seriousness, let's stop with the beating my chest and God appointed me and I'm the greatest. And I'm not here to, 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 to beat up the guy. Like I said, I like him. I'm going to see him Wednesday. Um, but, but. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to diss the Rockaway Republicans? I don't know yet. And go to sit down with this guy who's probably, they got FBI vans outside taking pictures of everybody going inside for a sit down. Are you out of your mind? That's why I want to go. Uh, but, but to your point, when you say that now, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah. When you say that now, it's kind of true, no, Curtis? Well, look, who won the Asian vote in the last mayoral race? You did. First time ever. Rudy didn't win the Asian vote. Bloomberg didn't buy the Asian vote, although he tried with millions. I, I am the first Republican to win the Asian vote in a republic, excuse me, in a uh, mayoral campaign. I never get the credit. They always say, well, Lee Zeldin won the Asian vote. Yes, no, he did. You did too, though. Right, but right. I set the path. Yes, you did. So, so is it fair to say then, being that you are the most popular mayoral candidate ever, that's a statistical fact in the Asian in the community. Asian right. community that you knew a lot about Winnie Greco, maybe more than most people, because you're beloved and revered in that area. Well, is that fair to assume? Let me give credit where credit is due. I had a divining rod in my campaign named Phil Wong. He's out of Middle Village, works with Robert Holden, works with the Queens uh, County GOP. He would tell me, avoid this group. They're the Red Chinese. Avoid this group. I'm telling you, they're funded by Red China. Eric Adams went right for him because that's where all the money was. You saw the article in Monday's New York Post. He's sitting on the stage at the Lunar New Year's Parade, Chinatown. I was there. He's sitting on the stage, and he's wearing scarves from Red China, which is a signal. I'm open for business. Wine me, dine me, pocket line me, President Xi. Xu, uh, what's on first? I don't know who's on second. I probably slide in the third. So tell me this, because you made fun. And you're right of the way the mayor was dressed. He looked ridiculous at this uh, lunar parade, whatever. And then it's only a couple of days after he's sporting the Chinese gear that Winnie Greco gets raided. Is that a coincidence or do you think all that kind of. No, no, this has been manifesting in Sunset Park, where I was for the parade on Saturday. She had raised two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and more for an archway. You know how they have it in the Chinatowns around (laughs) an archway. Where's the money? You know what she used the money for? She took Eric Adams to Red China when he was borough president two trips. That's right. City Hall. I know. You remember this one? I'm touching the third rail because you better believe people have been talking to me about this because I won the Asian vote. I know 
who the players are, and I know who the red Chinese contributors are. And Eric Adams' mistake is he went for the money. And all the money was pouring in from those who were sympathetic and supporters of Red China. So I say to Winnie Greco, what happened to all that money for the archway on 8th Avenue and Sunset Park? They're still looking for that. And then she took his son, right? She took his son, Jordan, to San Francisco just recently. And the mayor was asked, hey, uh, how come your son was in the company of Winnie Greco going to a very questionable Chinese conference influenced by the Red Chinese in San Francisco? And it was Biden-esque. As you know, Eric Adams is the Biden of Brooklyn. Quote, my son does not get into my business. I do not get into my son's business. So I have no idea where he goes. Gee, didn't that sound like Joe Biden with Hunter Biden? Of course he knew. Winnie Greco has been attached to him like an appendage for years and years and years. And let me tell you something. She was getting $10,000 donations to attend Chinese events at Gracie Mansion. Where's the money? $10,000. $10,000. She shook down Chinese entrepreneurs. The same way you went to Gracie Mansion for that Jewish event, remember? I did. It was a lovely night, the end of Jewish Heritage Month. Right, nobody was asking the Jews, hey, you know, you need to give me much money. Winnie's standing there. So you want to see the mayor? It's going to cost you $10,000. $10,000 and straw donors. People don't understand what a straw donor is. She is the queen of straw donors. That means the boss of a shop tells his employees, make a check out to Eric Adams for mayor of the campaign. Give him 2000 and I give you the cash for that. That's his straw donor. So naturally, the campaign finance board goes up to these people. You know who you were giving money to? No, the boss told me just write out a check. He gave me $2,000. That's illegal. You go to jail for that. And Eric Adams is going to act like he didn't know that was going on to Winnie Greco. You think Winnie Greco is going to go to jail for Eric Adams? Are you out of your mind? She will sing faster than anyone else has ever sung in his administration. Well, well, if all that's true, and I'm going to play devil's advocate in defense of uh, Eric here, uh, why didn't Brianna sing? When And she's in trouble whoa, in Brooklyn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hold on. Hold, slow down. Remember, originally Eric Adams got her her lawyer. Yeah. Two weeks later, she got her own lawyer. It's always a signal that they are a cooperating witness with the FBI. So you always. think So you think uh, maybe she was co- cooperating, and you think right now the FBI is going to take all these people, the Briannas, the Grecos, the Russian chick, who knows, maybe somebody in Turkey, and eventually come out with this indictment that's going to say without any, any doubt that the mayor has taken money from all these countries. From foreign entities. That, that's what you think is going to happen. That's right. Siphon through local companies. Now, do you want this to happen because you want to be mayor? Uh, I'm looking forward to taking well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you rather beat Eric Adams than uh, have him take Eric Adams well, away? Just because he gets indicted, that doesn't stop him that's from running. That's right. He's going to still run. Look at President Trump. Look at Bobby know, Menendez. But, but, but you're telling me that you think Adams ends up in Otisville. Well... What may happen is Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, listening right now, as he does from his compound in Southampton, owned by his brother Fredo. He's in the, he's in the city quite a bit, too, but that's with, fine. With man. his wartime consigliere, <laughs> Joe Pococo, there at the ready. Yeah, They've hit yeah. the mattresses. They're stirring the marinara sauce. Don't worry about Joe They're Pococo. making their, their, their comeback, right? Hey, Andrew, 
Tutus, you provenos fachim, and like your father Mario, you are. So let me tell you something. I'm ready to get it on with Cuomo. Well, I keep saying to you, you keep talking about this rematch, Dominic, rematch between you and and Eric Adams. And I keep saying, well, you may want to take a, a, a bigger look at Cuomo because um, I have a feeling he may run. And, uh, well, you know what the deal is. And I expose what, this to everybody. Frank Sedio, who you know well. Yeah, I like Frank. The former <laughs> crooked Kings County Democratic what? leader who should have been sent to jail. He's a nice guy. Had to sit down at Junior's. In the front, Junior's on Flatbush Avenue with Cuomo. And this is the deal. Because Frank Sedio represents Team Adams. If, in fact, Eric Adams gets indicted. Yes. If yeah. if he decides yeah, here's wrong. that it's too overwhelming. Here's, here's where you're wrong. Like Elliot Spitzer decided yeah. to exit stage left. Right. Andrew Evilized Cuomo would insert himself, keep everybody on board from Team Adams yeah. well, until the next wrong. election yeah, cycle. Now, you're not wrong that that meeting took place. but Well, uh, why did it take place? No, but that meeting probably did take place. In a very public place, where Juniors where on Flatbush wrong, Avenue. Where you're wrong is, is I believe Cuomo is going to run anyway. doesn't matter whether Adams is indicted, whether Adams is here, whether Adams is in jail. I think Andrew Cuomo runs anyway. So with that said... Who did the poll? Who did the poll that indicated that Andrew Cuomo would wipe the deck with Eric Adams, all categories, including the African-Americans? And Andrew knows that. So he doesn't, he wants to get back into politics. That's no great surprise. So I doubt he's waiting to see Adams go to prison. I think he runs anyway. I don't know that for a fact, but I think he runs anyway. So with that said, give me the odds. Let me ask you this. Forget about the odds. You know, like uh, Lewis, uh, when a football team wins their championship game, and now they're waiting for the AFC championship game, and they go to the coach and go, would you rather play Kansas City or Buffalo? And the coach always has the same answer. We don't care who we play. We're going to prepare ourselves to win the game. We're going to be fine. It's always the same boring answer. So I'm hoping Curtis doesn't do the same. Would you rather face Eric Adams or Andrew Cuomo? Andrew Evilized oh, Cuomo, without oh, a doubt. 18,000 dead elderly people. The blood is on his hands. I am the angel of death to Andrew Evilized Cuomo political career. I will haunt him. I will haunt him on you that. Would, what if you were to find out, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate yes. here, that the, uh, the blood is really on the hands of the nursing homes and not Cuomo. Who contributed to Andrew Cuomo overwhelmingly every time he ran. Does that mean that he wanted those people dead? I'm just, again, I'm just asking. I, I, I report to Melissa DeRosa, his aide-de-camp, <laughs> okay. who admitted that she lied to the, all the Democrats up in Albany. She goes, we had to lie about all those elderly people who died in our care because we feared that Jeff Sessions... The attorney general at that time would indict us and prosecute us. She said it, her own words. It's on tape. It's on video. It was a Zoom conference. She is just as complicit as Andrew Evilized Cuomo. They both have blood on their hands. So all these months that you're on this program every day, and no one misses this segment. You know that from Ingrid City Hall to Fabian to Eric to every politician around this city loves this segment. They won't admit it because a lot of them say I hate Curtis, but the they're all listening, every one of them. And you have just gone nuts on Eric Adams almost every day. And you're telling me that you've got more disdain for Cuomo than Absolutely. Adams? Absolutely. I cannot hold Eric Adams responsible for the deaths of the elderly 
in the senior citizen homes during the lockdown of but pandemic. But you do hold Derek Adams. He, you, you claim he's responsible for the death of New York City. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, <laughs> we're sitting shiver for New York City. He's saying, we're revived. More jobs. No crime. Yeah, all right. Uh, what drug is he on? But with, with, with Andrew Evilage Cuomo, it's personal. You remember in the beginning, I went to those nursing homes and I was kept out. Remember the videos that I posted? I was kept out. I was asked by the uh, by the relatives, the wives, the husbands of those that were locked in. You could see them in the window. You could see them banging on the window, Sid. Please, please help. People were holding up signs. Help, help. And they wouldn't let me in. You know who wouldn't let me in? Andrew Evilized Cuomo and Melissa DeRosa. They kept me out till the day I die. This is a blood feud. I will have vengeance on behalf of the 18,000 who died in their families. And by the way, tomorrow, I got to miss the St. Patrick's uh, Day Parade out in the Rockaways. It starts March when there are 9,852 parades all throughout the tri-state area on behalf of St. Patrick's. I got to go to the bar mitzvah of my youngest son, Hunter, who's going to be a man the age of 13. They're letting me up to the bima. That's right, this righteous Gentile. But please, everyone out in the Rockaways, Tish James is going to be there. She's going to walk through the canyon of the Irish Riviera, give her booze like she's never heard before. And then following her will be Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, who put all those illegal aliens that are now in your neighborhood over in Floyd Bennett Field. Do not applaud them. Turn your backs on them. Boo them, please, in my honor. I can't be there. I wish I could. But you know what? March 6th, I'm going to be out there with the Rockaway Republicans. I don't know where the fair weather friend Sid Rosenberg's going to be. Getting wined, dined, and watching Eric Adams get pocket-lined at some trendy restaurant in Manhattan while the FBI is outside taking pictures. That is a shudder! That is a disgraciada! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. The judge coming up next. It's been a, I can really go home right now after Alex Freeman live in Jerusalem and Curtis Lewa. Curtis just opened a can of whoop ass on the mayor. I can go home right now, but 
I'm not gonna, because I have to play this cut all morning. I've got a bunch of great guests still to come, but this cut makes me so damn happy I can't begin to tell you. I told you when I started this program nearly two hours ago, 6 a.m., all the news shows started on TV, you know. So CNN starts, and they spend the first 40 minutes talking about this Navalny funeral in Mex in uh, Russia. Navalny, you know. As if most Americans care. We don't care. We're sorry the guy died. We knew it was Putin about a minute in. Didn't take a genius. Sorry, Biden and Harris. We knew it just like you did. But we don't care because while CNN, not America first, was all about Navalny, Fox News started their show with a funeral here in the United States today, Lakin Riley, the beautiful Georgia nursing student who was murdered by an illegal, will also be buried today. Me personally, I care more about Lakin Riley than Navalny. That's why I like Fox News more than CNN. That's why I like Donald Trump more than Joe Biden. Because what did Donald Trump do yesterday when both men were at the border, Biden in Brownsville, which is ranked the 29th most dangerous spot, Donald Trump at Eagle Pass, Donald Trump did something that Joe Biden won't do, and that is mention, mention a beautiful American girl murdered by an illegal. Not only mentioned her, Donald Trump, but he spoke to her parents. How do you not love Donald Trump, you dumb bastards? Here's Donald Trump, cut number one. Just one week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged, uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name. CNN and Biden, Navalny, Fox News, and Donald Trump, American nursing student, Lake and Riley. What side are you on? <laughs> we'll uh, talk to the judge, Angelo Palatano, live in studio. Ahead of Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Tacopina, and Gavin Wax, with already two great interviews in the books. Alex Trayman, live from Jerusalem, talking about that. Well, two different shootings the IDF down in uh, Gaza and the West Bank terrorist attack. 
And Curtis Sliwa just all over the mayor moments ago. This is the time we bring in my dear friend, the very handsome Judge Andrew Napolitano, live in studio. And there's so much going on, Trump's legal battles and others, but they all kind of go right back to Donald Trump. So let's start with the Georgia case and Rudy Giuliani and his son Andrew listening very closely now as well. Today is uh, D-Day, Judgment Day, for that ridiculous, repulsive harlot in Fulton County, Georgia, Fonnie Willis. <laughs> How do you really feel about it? I, I hate her guts. <laughs> what do you think the judge uh, says today about Fonnie? Uh, good morning, Sid. It's good always morning, a pleasure buddy. to be with you. And a delight to be in the studio. Beautiful winter day looking out at the Midtown Manhattan. It's nice to see sunshine, right? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yes, it is. He's going to rule today. Um, in my opinion, he is not going to remove her from the case. He's not? What I else does he need to know? I, I don't think. As I'm watching this judge, I do not believe he's the type of judge that has the intestinal fortitude uh, to to do the right thing. However, the case is damaged, and I believe she is irretrievably damaged, and she will be forced to stay out of the courtroom and to take a step back, because every time she walks into that courtroom, the media and the jury are going to think of the allegations against her, and that's going to damage her case against the former president and his co-defendants. All right, it comes out today that um, the Illinois um, judge, uh, this uh, Tracy Porter, trying to keep uh, Donald off the ballot. It uh, it didn't work in Colorado. It's not going to work in Maine. It's not going to work in Illinois. It's not going to work anywhere because when Democrats yell and scream about Donald Trump being a threat to democracy, as I said to uh, somebody yesterday, this right here, these states trying to keep Trump off the ballot, that is the biggest threat to democracy. Here, I couldn't agree with you more. Clearly, this judge is out of her lane. What she did was reprehensible and actually a violation of judicial ethics, knowing that a matter, the very matter in her courtroom is before the highest court in the land. She presumed to rule on it anyway, instead of waiting. Look, this is a system where, like New York said, I don't like this system. You've heard me attack it before. Judges run for reelection. They have to pander to the crowds. They have to think about their base, just like other politicians do. There's no other reason to uh, to exp- I can think of to explain the ruling that she made. Other than that, she wants to arouse the Democratic base in Cook County. But her ruling is meaningless and unethical because she should have waited until the Supreme Court ruled, which is coming down any day. The Supreme Court said the ruling is going to come down by uh, March 5th. That's Tuesday in order to allow ballots to be printed. We already know which way they're going. So all this judge did was give herself 15 minutes of fame. All right, Judge Angelo Napolitano, when we get back, talking about the Supreme Court, attached the word immunity. Mm. They're involved in that. And E. Jean Carroll, this uh, lady, won't go away. It all started at, I guess, was it Bergdorf Goodman, she claims? Like 80 years ago? <laughs> and she won a lot of money. Everybody won a lot of money for my friend Trump. What's going to happen with that? All that more coming up with the great judge. Sitting friends in the morning. Back with Judge Napolitano. Right after this. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
o'clock on your Friday morning. Judge Napolitano, kind enough to stick around. He's got a busy day himself. He's got TV. He's got his podcast. He uh, he does it all. So he found out a couple of days ago, big, big, big win for Donald Trump. That's what Dershowitz said on this show just yesterday. He said huge win that um, Jack Smith will not have the opportunity to go to trial uh, about the same day as Super Tuesday, early next week, Monday or Tuesday, because now they're going to delay this immunity hearing uh, until sometime in probably April and maybe no decision until June or July. So I think you'd agree with everybody else. That's a big win for Donald Trump. It's a big win because it's a delay, and a delay helps him. If there's no um, uh, verdict before Election Day, and if he wins on Election Day, and that seems quite probable at this point, uh, then they can forget about the case, obviously. However, I don't think the immunity is going to go his way. The only way the chief justice got this, them to take the case unanimously, which they did, was to frame the question in such a way that it's not going to affect the trial without getting too much into the weeds. The question the Supreme Court will decide is not is Donald Trump immune for everything he did while he was president, but is the president immune from criminal prosecution for his official acts? The answer to that is, of course, it is. He is. Right. right but right. Jack Smith is going to argue to a jury that what Donald Trump did were not his official acts, and the Supreme Court is going to let him make that argument. I think the attorney did a terrible job for Donald. You know, when they... He when they, did when he answered that stupid question that Donald... First well, of well, all, well, to suggest well, that Donald... Murder Biden. Correct. To suggest that Donald Trump would murder a political opponent is reprehensible in a courtroom. Yeah. And that would have been the first part of the answer. Which, by the way, ironically and figuratively, not literally, that's what the Democrats are doing to Trump. Yes. They are trying to murder him yes. figuratively. Yes, figuratively, because they can't defeat him politically. I would have answered, Judge, that is a reprehensible question, but this is your courtroom, not mine. So the answer is, of course not. Of course, if the well, why president... Why didn't he do that? Why didn't the attorney he, do that? He gave a dumb answer. He became the laughing stock of the legal community for a week. I can't imagine the same fellow is going to argue the case before the Supreme Court. Maybe he will and redeem himself. I don't know. I don't even know the guy's name. Like, no, I, know I don't Todd know Blanche. I, I know uh, Joe Tacopina. Well, Blanche is a great lawyer. Kais is a great lawyer. Joe Tacopina is in a class by himself. Best cross-examiner I've ever seen. Uh, this fellow who argued the case where the judge asked this crazy question yeah. about could the president order SEAL <laughs> Team 6 to murder its political opponents. I don't know the fellow's name. I've been criticizing him for weeks. I don't know who the hell he is. And deservedly he so. He could be Dr. Scott, for all I know. <laughs> you love that guy. you got to put him on your podcast one of these days. <laughs> and what is he going to tell me? There are aliens yes. in Sussex County, New yes. Jersey? Yes. <laughs> there are aliens at the border. Murderers, rapists, and aliens. Um, listen, you mentioned Joe Tacopina. And he did get the president a huge win. People don't realize it because there was still uh, an offense attached to it, that ridiculous second charge, which is some type of sexual abuse and a $5 million fine. But because of Joe Tacopina and because President Trump didn't do it, he doesn't have to walk around being called a rapist every day of his life. Correct. Tacopina got a big win there. That was the, the case against E. Jean Carroll. Tacopina got that win yes. by his cross-examination of her on the stand. Correct. But yet this lady won't go away, as I said, the corrupt New York judge and, and jury had to give him something, so they gave him the second defense, and they're giving her all this money, and now she wants like $80 million, she, Judge? She plans to 
execute on that judgment, which he means should be executed. Se- well, which in this case <laughs> means seizing bank accounts or seizing real estate. Trump has gone to the trial judge saying, can you give us a little bit of time? He said, hey, you had 30 days. You came to me on the 25th day. I'm going to give her two days to answer and then I'll rule. There is no way he's going to delay this. So I hate to say this. Poor Donald Trump has to come up with five hundred and fifty million dollars to stop these two judgments two cases, being yeah. executed. Because in both of those cases, he asked for time. Neither one of them gave him time. Correct. And I know Letitia James is sitting there, this uh, racist, horrible AG. She's just, ca- she's just counting days on the calendar right? Uh, until the 31st day uh, when she can start seizing assets. How does she seize assets? She makes an application to the judge for order, order the uh, monitor to deed over this building to the state of New York. Yeah. The monitor is the federal judge appointed who bills two million a year paid by Trump (laughs) to monitor his own uh, business. Right. Right. It's a terrible state of affairs that he's in now. Doesn't seem to phase him. He's high in the polls. Those crowds in Eagle Pass loved him. They did. And uh, Letitia James looks out her office window every day right across the street. And covets that building. At 40 Wall Street. Yeah. Yes. One, yeah. Of the, one of the most iconic buildings in the city. I walk past it every day. As yeah. I walk from Wall Street to the ferry every day. And, the ferry and, every I, and I day. take videos. I stop yeah. and take a video. I go, this is my guy's building, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let her hear you say that. I couldn't care less. What's she have on me? What nothing, I have to do? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> but you know, people are worried about that now. You know, that every 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 day people are worried that these DAs, these AGs, are going to come after them if, well, you're, if you're publicly uh, it's, critical. It's a fear you shouldn't have in America. That's why we have the First Amendment, but it is not uniformly or appropriately enforced. Last one. You know, there's been three FBI raids for Eric Adams, okay? Uh, you had uh, the Russian chick. You had uh, the Asian lady yesterday. You had Brianna in Brooklyn. Literally three FBI raids. And yet all we keep hearing is, nah, nothing to do with the mayor. Well, how could it possibly be? These are all fundraisers for Mayor Eric Adams. And None of this points to the mayor. Of course it has to do with the mayor. His his uh, assets or property or wherever his personal uh, records are, it could be City Hall, it could be his home, it could be Gracie Mansion, are probably next. Listen, when the three closest people to you have all been targeted and raided, I don't mean gently subpoenaed. I mean knock on the door at 530 and then when you get out of the way, we're going to take what we came here to get. That is not good. I'm not saying this because I love Curtis and because he's my friend and because I think he's going to be the next mayor, all of which is true. I'm saying it because as a, as a legal analyst, uh, I can read the tea leaves here, and the mayor should be sweating. In he fact, the be. mayor should have lawyers negotiating with the feds right now. So because you think- the best way you deal with these cases is yeah. what's called... Pre-indictment negotiation. But, but but Curtis keeps talking about Otisville and those types of things. I mean, Trump's not talking about prison. Should Eric Adams worry about that? Yes. Yes. That, well, it depends on what the nature of this was. I mean, the original allegation was some sort of a bribe, some sort of a favor for, of all people, the Turks. I don't know this Turkish connection, but one of the homes that was raided is the former a senior executive from Turkish Airlines yeah. uh, looking at unusual contributions made by the Turkish government. Uh, what uh, does the Turkish government have an interest in who is mayor of New York for? And disappointing, too, with Adams because he's a, a pro-Israel voice. He is. Yes. I've been to Gracie Mansion during Jewish Heritage Month, and everyone knows that Erdogan, 
who's in charge of Turkey, is uh, one of the biggest Jew haters in the world. Yes. So why would you be in bed with a guy like that or a country like that when they despise the Jews? It's a head-scratcher. I don't know, but but more will come out. Uh, I almost feel sorry for the mayor because this is the drip, drip, drip. When he wakes up each morning, he never knows which one of his aides is, was attacked the night before. Yeah. That's rough. You know, they stopped him in the street and demanded his uh, cell phone. <laughs> and the NYPD stepped back. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, not brutal. good times. Uh, but you look great now. Uh, you're not going to be here next No, I week. won't be here next Friday. I'm going to be in the Vatican. In the Vatican? In the Vatican. Uh, there's a you're two- having lunch with the Pope? I don't know that I'm actually going to see the Holy Father, but there's a three-day conference celebrating natural rights because it's the 750th anniversary of the death of St. Thomas Aquinas, who articulated the view the Judeo-Christian view that our rights come from our humanity, which is a gift from God. They don't come from the government. So there are 15 uh, academics plus me. We're each giving a talk. Mine's the keynote speech at the end of the conference. I can't wait. Mazel tov. This is a very, very big deal, Judge. Yes. Yeah, the lady in charge says, hey, Judge, we'll put you up at any five-star hotel in Rome you want. <laughs> but, but would you mind if we put you up in the guest house where the Pope lives? Stop it. Would I mind? Stop. She, nice. Of course I don't That's mind. where you're staying? That's where I'm staying, in the Pope's guest house at the Vatican. Uh, I'll be there next week. Yeah, I thought it was a big deal to go see Trump in Mar-a-Lago in two weeks. You're going to see basically Jesus. Look at you. You are the man of all men. You're a godlike figure. And I'm hearing this from the king of the Jews himself. <laughs> On a serious note, congratulations. Thank That's you. a big deal. Thank you, sir. There he is, folks. Uh, Judge Andrew uh, Napolitano. See you in two weeks, my uh, man. All right, buddy. That is fantastic. Great luck next week, and that is a huge honor for a great man. I'm not surprised. And that wraps up hour number two. Big hour number three about to come your way with Andrew Giuliani and the aforementioned Joseph Tacopina. Keep it right here. big money and transform your home with new appliances now at menards we offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today check out top appliance brands including KitchenAid, maytag whirlpool amana and criterion upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at menards shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at menards.com save big money at Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
this one is a very, very special birthday. You know, lots of times we play songs on this show because we like them. I pick a song because I like it. More often, Lewis picks a song because he likes it. But often we play songs based on significance, an artist's birthday, an artist's heavenly birthday. And you guys know that me and Lou both love this song. This is Nick Kershaw, classic from the 80s. Wouldn't it be good? And I don't think Nick Kershaw is dead. May not be his birthday. We both like this song. Why uh, Why this one, Lewis? He's not dead. He's uh, 66. His birthday today. Big deal, Nick Kershaw. Great song. Yeah, I when I first heard that you liked this. Oh, of course. When I came back. And well, I went, wow, you know, this... I love all that uh, alternative rock, all that. This was they actually used this song in the movie Pretty in Pink, I believe, with OMD and yeah, I think he's on yeah the soundtrack. I right? believe so. All right, eight nineteen yeah. on your Friday morning. That brings us to my man Andrew Giuliani. And, Andrew, I'm not sure if you've been listening since 6 a.m. If you're here, you're in uh, Florida or the Ukraine, who the hell knows? But uh, <laughs> um, I've been making the point, you know, CNN started their TV show this morning at Navani's funeral. And Fox News started their TV show this morning at 6 a.m. talking about a funeral that I care more about, not in Moscow, but in the United States. And that is 2 p.m. this afternoon. They're going to later rest that beautiful nursing student from Georgia, Lakin Riley. And yeah. here was Biden at the border yesterday talking nonsense, and Trump at the border pointing out all the migrant crimes in Venezuela, and Trump actually told everybody that he spoke to Lakin Riley's parents. He's not even the president right now, but he spoke to Lakin Riley's parents. So here it is, CNN and Joe Biden, not America first, Fox News and Donald Trump America first. Yes? Absolutely. I don't think there could be a better example of that than what you've just seen. I also don't think there could be a better example of how kind of the two sects of the media, if you will, will end up reporting something. And you have to look at the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and they almost look down at the Americans that say, wait a second, we need to secure our border. We need to take care of the issues, the crises that are going on at home. And by the way, a lot of these crises that are going on at home, they get helped, not solved, get helped if you have immigration control on our southern and, by the way, now northern border. Fentanyl being one that means a whole lot to me. Sid, I know this is something that means a whole lot to you, means a whole lot to a lot of Americans as they're directly affected. You're talking over 100,000 fentanyl poisonings here in the United States this, this last year alone. And a lot of the reason for that increase is because Joe Biden has completely thumbed his nose at the border, made Kamala Harris the border czar. Obviously, she did nothing. And now two and a half years after this is a problem, he seems to go down to the border finally and saying, oh, maybe I should go down there and waddle around a little bit and and look like a lost penguin for a little while because that's really <laughs> what he looks like in all this. But you're absolutely right, Sid. Well, but he, only, but he, he only went to the border because he found out Donald Trump was going to the border. Oh, that's exactly right. Look, I mean, think about the East Palestine, Ohio stuff. They finally sent Buttigieg there after Trump went, after Rudy Giuliani goes, and Biden doesn't go for a year, basically. So I don't know what's going on with their decision-making, I guess, both from a policy standpoint, which has been uh, disastrous for the United States of America, but even from a political standpoint. From a political standpoint, if you want to show the American people that you're doing something, you go on the ground, you take a look, you figure out the information. Voice. 
They haven't been on the ground at all. So you can look at this from a policy standpoint. You can look at it from a political standpoint. You can look at it from a common sense standpoint. And all the answers are obvious. They have absolutely no care about what's going on on the southern border. And by the way, when they try to paint Republicans as the problem and saying, you know what, in the House – they're actually not signing border bills that will uh, that will set the t- the number at five thousand migrants a day that these things start to kick into place. Which, by the way, is a ridiculously high number when you end up annualizing that over the year. Uh, here's the thing: there are two things that Joe Biden could do to make the the border secure. One, he could take executive action, and as the sec- as the Speaker of the House has said, he believes executive action is more than enough in this case to secure the border. But two. He doesn't have to sue the state of Texas, who actually is trying to enforce the border for him right there. So if he actually cared about the border being enforced, and he did not actually have to take the action to sue the state of Texas to actually help yeah. with the southern border. So you know it's yeah. all BS, Sid, and this is just a photo op for Joe Biden. You nailed uh, both of those. I did get a kick out of Governor Abbott yesterday talking about suing the state of Texas. And even right here in our own city, Mayor Eric Adams called Governor Abbott a racist, which is beyond stupid. Abbott telling everybody yesterday, I will continue, I will continue to bust these migrants until Joe Biden does something. And by the way, President Trump, thank you for making our border safe. And uh, one more note about the the dueling presidents at the border yesterday. Trump was in Eagle Pass, which is a really, really rough hood and responsible for a tremendous amount of crossings. Joe Biden was in Brownsville, which last I checked when they ranked the cities in terms of being safe and not safe, that was number 29. So once again, Trump was at the center of the issue, and uh, Joe Biden was at a place where you can buy an ice cream cone. You know, maybe he thought that, you know, Brownsville, Brooklyn, I hear Mike Tyson from there. There's some interesting people. We'll go to Brownsville. I think Brownsville sounds like it's the right place to go. Um, But when you think about what Abbott did, the decision to send these illegal migrants into New York City, into Chicago, into Denver, but specifically New York City, I think he really understood that, hey, you know, New York really is the center of media. And these CNNs, these MSNBCs, these New York Times, which choose not to cover it, if you start sending to Washington, D.C., if you start sending to Martha's Vineyard, but also, more than, more than anything, you send to New York City, you make it a problem in their home city. And then they'll realize just a fraction of what the state of Texas is going through, just a fraction of what these border states are going through. Because, Sid, we're looking at 10 million that have come in to the states alone, to the United States alone. In New York City, we're still less than 200,000, and this is a crisis. Think about that. that. We're not even 2% of what's going on in the country, and it's just this massive crisis that we can't figure out a solution. It's true, and it is a crisis because I have to tell you, living on the beach, and you've been in my neighborhood many, many times when you ran for governor, you were tremendous. They loved you on Beach 129, but it is a crisis because as the warm weather approaches, I have to tell you that I'm scared. I mean, I'm not scared. I'm a tough guy, but I'm scared for my family. You know, my daughter is beautiful. My wife is beautiful. They walk the beaches. They wear bikinis. And you're going to have these, uh, some of these people, most are good people. I get it. But some are filthy degenerates, young men with nothing else to do all day but walk the beaches in my neighborhood. And I'm not happy about these migrants, these illegals, walking the beaches in the Ponset and Bell Harbor come summertime. I'm not happy about it at all. 
And Sid, you know what? I mean, you wake up at 3.30 in the morning, you, you trek into the city, you do four hours of great radio, you got to deal with characters like Lou and Justin. You come back on a nice summer day. The least thing that you want is a beach where you're not going to have somebody in your sunlight over there so you can tan your beautiful pet. That's you know right. I, mean? I got you. That's I completely right. hear you. On yeah, that. not on. just blocking the sunlight, not just blocking the sunlight, but, you know, it's, uh, thinking bad things about Danielle and Ava. I'm not okay with that. So hey, it, do, know, it does like affect me. You're like a New York landmark. We got to protect the things that are protecting us over here that mean so much to our cultural heritage. And Sid, you're like, you know, you're kind of like the Statue of Liberty right now. I am. Make sure that you're getting your 20 hours <laughs> off or getting prepared for four hours on that you do. Well, I love to I'm just go to Bedminster, New Jersey for the whole summer. That's all. Hang out with you and Trump on the golf course. I got to stop playing golf one of these days so I can hang out with you guys. Um, I, I do want to ask you about uh, your father. He was on again yesterday. He's on every week. He's great. I, I think he does his best interviews. I know it's going to sound arrogant, but that's me right here because I, I push him to the point where I'm, I'm always – Curious if he's going to say, I can't go there, but he never does. He always yeah, no. goes there. And I love his honesty, and I love him anyway. But today, as you just heard from Judge Napolitano, is Judgment Day for Fonnie Willis. Now, the judge thinks that uh, this judge doesn't have the intestinal fortitude in Georgia to take her off the case. He may be right, but the judge also said he does think the case has been dented, at the very least, because of her involvement what do you and your dad expect will happen later on today? Well, look, I'm not a lawyer. I've just been around many lawyers uh, throughout the course of uh, my, my life, basically, to see this. I, I mean, I would just say from a, from a common sense perspective on this, when you actually see the text messages from Wade's uh, former law partner, uh, who was on the stage just a couple of days ago, on the stand a couple of days ago, uh, he seemed to have amnesia on the stand about what he had said to Trump's lawyer when Fannie Willis and Wade had started their relationship. And obviously, to remind everybody, the, the significance of that is, did Fannie Wade give this case to somebody she was already in an existing relationship in? Well, yesterday, the text messages were uncovered that he absolutely, absolutely knew that they had started a relationship beforehand, which to me looks like he perjured herself, himself, whether that's enough, whether yeah. he can claim I had forgotten about that. He may be able to do that. But anybody with common sense knows mm. exactly what he was doing, which is he was giving a, a, an, an answer that would protect him uh, from actually having to give the truth, even though he had given a truthful answer, uh, a declarative truthful answer too. when you say absolutely, you mean 100 percent, but not I think so. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not right. sure. I have right. heard. This is just a sense that I have. No, it was absolutely that relationship had started. And anybody who looks at just the facts of this case, anybody with common sense realizes, and you, as you've covered it so well, Nathan Wade, who had never prosecuted a felony before in his life, all of a sudden gets the case against the president, does two grand juries to be able to do more billable hours, and all of a sudden he's taking Fannie Willis, who even though there are all these records, we have all these records of him basically potentially funneling money to Fannie Willis through these vacations, right? That's what he's able to do, and that's really the funnel of money. There's no record of Fannie Willis uh, reimbursing him. So this is complete BS. That's what it is. In the final two minutes, uh, you came into work here the other day to do your podcast, and you said, oh, my God, I was in the shower. Did I hear what I think I heard? And I said, yes, you did, Andrew. You heard exactly what you think you heard, which was Peter King come on this show unprovoked, say 
that he believes that Michael Sapriconi should uh, withdraw from that race uh, uh, in uh, in uh, for Senate up against Kirsten Gillibrand and withdraw right now. Peter King was it was shocking. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have texted me since. You were shocked. I was shocked. Everyone was shocked. But. With all that said, with Peter King saying that, with having to know that Donald Trump can't stand him, Michael Sapriconi, at least as of this morning, is still in this race. Do you believe that? Um, you know, I believe it because I think that, um, sadly, there are a couple of bad decision makers here at the state party that are saying that, hey, don't worry, this will pass. Uh, Trump's uh, Trump's feeling on you, this this whole idea that you've given to Letitia James, that you gave to Todd Kaminsky, by the way, gave to Todd Kaminsky four days after bail reform was passed through the New York State Assembly. You could look it up. The New York State Assembly passed bail reform on April 1st, 2019. He gives $1,000 to Todd Kaminsky on April 5th. 2019. So this is a guy who has continually underwritten those people that try to that try to undermine our laws here in the state of New York, that try to go after political opponents like Letitia James. And by the way, there's more and more audio that both the Castronova and Eisen campaign are digging up of Saprocone on air that are saying that they don't like he doesn't like Trump too much. He doesn't think Trump is a good man. So all yeah. this stuff I know is getting through to President Trump. I know he's hearing about this. Look, Trump is a man who has a thousand different things on his mind. And the New York State Senate race uh, primary is, you know, probably number five hundred and seventy nine. or something right. like that. He's actually but he's I, actually thinking more about the three of us are having lunch on March 14th. <laughs> he, that's probably number four hundred and twelve or something like that. So you're right. That's probably is higher on the on the priority list. Yeah. But but I will tell you when he does come around to it and as he thinks about this, I, I know personally that he does not like the fact that the NYGOP nominated somebody who uh, who has underwritten his biggest, biggest public opponent, who, by the way, is not just some random Democrat. It's, you know, it's not even like Tom Suozzi. He gave $37,000 to Tom Suozzi. That's bad. But Tom Suozzi isn't out there advocating for his position, saying, I am going to get Trump. I am going to use Listen, but forget forget about Tom Suozzi. If it turned out that this guy gave money to Hillary Clinton who Trump despised, hated her. She was crooked Hillary until Joe Biden took that. I think that would be less damaging than Letitia James. Yeah, well, I think I think you're right. I think the Letitia James one is, is number one. I mean, he probably could have given a Fannie Willis and making that just about as bad or something like that. <laughs> Those campaigns are probably picking that up right now. As we but this is just, like, honestly, the, the NYGOP has to look at, at Saprocone now and say, look, it's time to step down before we have any more egg on our face. You know, the whole this is he's just a businessman thing. It's just, I'm sorry. I don't want somebody, and there are enough New Yorkers right now that don't want somebody who's going to represent them who just less than two years ago gave money to Leticia James when she said that she's coming after the throat of conservatives Law be damned. The rule of law be damned on this stuff. And now all of a sudden you're going to say that you're going to be the nominee for New York State Senate. I'm sorry. I'm not going to support you. Not at all. Until you've shown how you've supported Americans, conservatives, supported the rule of law in the state of New York, you need to earn that trust. You need to earn that vote. That doesn't get given. And I can tell you the people in New York are none too happy in terms of what they've found 
about Mike Saprocone and how he's underwritten the enemy here in the United States of America. Oh, what a way to end it. That is brilliant stuff right there. Andrew Giuliani, as you do every Friday from way downtown. Giuliani, excellent, excellent job. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I will see you, talk to you soon, and uh, less than two weeks to Florida. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait, Sid. And, and, you know, look, there in Florida, you will not have to worry. When you go on the beach right there, you will have clear rays of sunshine <laughs> hitting those pecs of yours. No worries when you go to that free state of Florida. Can't wait. Excellent job, Andrew. Really terrific stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. My man, Andrew Giuliani, right there. And we covered a whole bunch of really good stuff. A lot more to do this morning. Famed defense attorney, dear friend of mine for 47 years, Joseph Takapina, and the heavy president, the 76th president of the Young Republicans Club here in New York, Gavin Wax, Takapina Wax. More. Keep it right here. Some more Nick Kershaw. Happy birthday, Nick. Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. So this is the month of St. Patrick's Day. The parade coming up two weeks from Sunday, the 17th. But there's a local parade tomorrow in our neighborhood, Lewis, out there by Rockaway, Bell Harbor, and the Ponset, the whole thing. And I guess, uh, you know, last year was my first St. Patrick's Day as a homeowner in that neighborhood. But I wasn't there, you may remember, because of all the flooding I had with the uh, pipes bursting. I had to leave and lived in the city for six months, so I missed St. Patrick's Day in our neighborhood. But I guess there's a St. Patrick's Day parade 
which for some reason is weeks before St. Patrick's Day. I don't get that, but whatever. You can't celebrate enough. That's why. Is that why? Sure. So they do it, is it like two weeks before every year? Yeah, it's early in the month. First Saturday, I think, in March, I think they do Always. It. I think, yes. And where does it go? Where, where's the route, the parade route? It goes along, you know, Rockaway Beach Boulevard, I think. It goes no. for, until it hits 116, I think. I think it goes west of there. Yeah. And then it goes towards 116. Where does it start, you know? I'm down. Way down. Way, way, yeah, west. Lower called, than you. Your end, but I think your end, I think. Oh, no. I uh, think. Near, the, maybe near the The church. higher numbers. Yeah, the higher numbers. Okay. Of course, MJ will text me in one minute or two. And MJ like, no, makes totally a mean wrong. soda bread, baby. I've got to tell you. What was the name of the guy, the engineer at WABC at the Garden? Gene Maxwell. Yeah, Gene Maxwell's wife makes a great soda bread. But so does uh, your girl, MJ. MJ makes the best. Yes. And she's going to be making it this year again, right? Yeah. The oven, will, right. Be, the oven will be going for... Four, four or five <laughs> yeah. straight nights. It's so cool, bro. Yeah, I love it. I mean, are you guys big St. Patrick's Day fans? Or I mean, do a lot with that? Or yeah, but you don't go to the parade every year. No, no, no. I don't. I just because you get you just get a lot of messy drunks falling all over the place. The bars are a mess. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a spot. You gotta find a spot. And I'm I'm just not too much into the like you know because of where we used to work. They those kids would just pour out of the train station every year, and it was a bunch of twenty-two year olds wearing green, just kind of like falling on each <laughs> right. other all the time. Right. <laughs> There's Monahans. Let's go in. There. Let's go in there. And they they had this the face paint and the stuff on their faces, and like you have no idea what this is all about, but you just want to get drunk. Yeah, of course, of course. The uh, Joe Caron tells me the uh, parade actually ends by the gym. Oh, all the way down. Okay. So no, my gym, though, your I think. Gym. Burn Fitness on 105. I don't think he means uh, where you live, by down by the uh, the YMCA. Okay, she's uh, telling me in front of Harbor Lights. Oh, basically. that's where it ends? It's going to start. Right, in front of Harbor Lights, my buddy Sean. And then it ends, uh, the both Sean. Sean at Harbor Lights and Sean Cerrone at are, uh, the gym. What are the odds on St. Patrick's? Yes, two Seans. <laughs> so I guess it starts Harbor Lights and ends by, here's Tom Sullivan, yeah, of course, running for office, they're all coming in. Yes. He says 130th and Newport to uh, 116, down right. Rockaway Beach Boulevard, okay. to Beach 105, which again is right by my uh, gym. That is the St. Camilla's Church. The award ceremony at K of C, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Columbus. on each 90th. Great job by Tom Sullivan. Very good. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Mike Morano checks in. He says, um, says, AC St. Patrick's Day Parade on the boardwalk next weekend with Kelsey Grammer. (laughs) Mike Sullivan checks in. His lovely wife, Donna, who was just in London with Danielle, is preparing a whole soda bread for the Rosenbergs. Corned beef, cabbage, the whole thing. You're going to send it over tomorrow. Of a real traditional Irish dinner. By the way, Irish food is terrible. I'm just going to say it right now. So thank you for the offer, Mike. But I find nothing less sabotaging than corned beef and cabbage. I mean, nothing. Nothing. 
First of all, I don't, I don't like the way it tastes. And second of all, I fart for like days, days. So I appreciate the gesture, but just chop off the soda bread and keep the uh, the corned beef and cabbage. Just drop the cannolis and keep the guns. Take the guns away. That's it. Yeah. It's not that it isn't the most appetizing. Oh, it's horrible. No. God, I used to go to um, <laughs> I used to go to this place across the street from the Cuckoo's Nest. There were three bars on Flappish Avenue that I used to go to all the time. Three Irish bars: Gallagher's, Night Owl, and Cuckoo's Nest. And there was some restaurant across the street. I don't remember the name of it. And my father would take us to St. Patrick's Day to, you know, for the old traditional dinner. And it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, horrible. It just not, not the best cooking you can get. Terrible. Not. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, uh, Joseph Tacopina is the best defense attorney in the world. And... Did you eat enough now, boy, over there? <laughs> More potatoes. Yeah, great. And uh, he's gorgeous, and um, I'm friends with him for 47 years, and all that stuff. My man, Joe Tacopino. How are you, Wait, Joseph? You know, I, I love the Jews. You know, I went to Yeshiva. You know, I have behind you and everything you do. But when we're talking about culinary delights, brother, I mean, after breakfast, the Jews fall off pretty hard. I know? See, I disagree with that. You give me a nice bowl of Kreplock soup or corned beef a sandwich nice and lean with uh, some of those deli fries, and I'm good. I mean, I know you, I'm not a friend of, like, um, a fan, I should say, of some of the grandmother Jewish food, I agree. It doesn't matter because you're Italian and you win no matter what. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but a good, a good cat's delicatessen turkey sandwich on rye is amazing. I will tell you that. Yeah. I mean, somebody once, more than once, I've been asked so many times in interviews if there's only one Food you can eat every day, what would it be? And it's always Italian food. Always Italian food. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would eat pizza every meal every day if I could, but I turn to like a round ball or something. But well, I mean, it would be. Oh, you like yeah. pizza? See, I turn you oh, on, God. and I'm proud of this. Oh, the, the chicken palm with the vodka sauce. Yes! <laughs> oh, 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 that's my go to thing now, bro. I know. That, that's really healthy, too. I want to thank you for that as well. My <laughs> cholesterol has shot up 25%, but thank you, Sid. You know what's funny about that is uh, you were great on the show last week. You're already great today. And you gave me Mike Piazza last week, and he was terrific. And you guys both spend a lot of time in your, your homeland, the motherland, the Italy. But I don't think you'd even get veal parmesan replacing with vodka sauce in Rome. You probably can't even get it, right? If you, they don't even understand what vodka sauce. If you ordered that in Italy, they'd kick you out of the restaurant. <laughs> get out, get out. I mean, it'll just be like they don't. There's no such thing as vodka. That's such an Italian American invention. It's not even funny. I mean, that's like Soprano stuff. Not, not like uh, you know, the the motherland stuff. There's nothing like that in Rome. So, no. Well, so when you go to Rome, and we'll start talking about Trump and all the important stuff momentarily, but I like this. Well, when you go to Rome, and you're in Milan quite a bit and all over Italy, uh, what is, what is like, the dish you usually get? Like, I would get chicken parm in New York. What do you usually get in Rome, or Italy, I should say? So, I have Roman roots in my family, and there's this one famous Roman dish, and it's the only thing I could cook. I mean, it's absolutely the only thing I know how to cook. It's called calcio pepe. And calcio pepe is a basically it's Italian macaroni and cheese, except a hundred times better. It's it's a, a, a sort of a pecorino romano cheese grated with some peppers. Calcio is the cheese, pepe is the peppers. You mix that up, and there are a few restaurants in New York now that are pretty serious about their calcio pepe. So that would be my go-to. Like, okay, you're on your deathbed. What's the last thing you're gonna have? <laughs> All right, there you have it. We'll take a short break. When we get back, there's a lot on the table for Donald Trump, Eric Adams, all these guys 
going through some real legal issues right now. Nobody better to talk to. Don't change that channel. Keep it right here. More with famed defense attorney, the great Joseph Takapina, in just a couple of minutes. My good buddy Bobby Hartman celebrating 25 years of sobriety this year. He's got a big golf tournament coming up in June, and he's going to honor me and Daryl Strawberry, which is very, very sweet. I love him. I remember I spoke at his um, sober house last year, mainstream house. Is uh, thanking Lou Rafino for all the Led Zeppelin you've uh, played today. Now, there's no birthday say though, right? No Plant or, or Page or nobody, right? No, you can play good songs without, regardless. Yeah, no, we love we love Led Zeppelin. That's right. So, uh, my sister Elizabeth checks in. Lizzie, listening right now in Parkland, Florida. I love you, Lizzie. And she says, "So funny they don't have chicken parm uh, on the menus in Rome." So her son Logan, my nephew, learned very quickly when he lived there. Her kids love Cacio Pepe, whatever he was just saying, uh, Tacopina. But Logan loves Bucciatini. I don't even know what this says. Amatriciana. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So um, <laughs> what? what is she saying, my sister Lizzie? And Sean Cerrone says, Matriciana. what is it called? Bucatini Buc- Amatriciana. Okay, fine. Tough guy. Yeah. Another Roman dish, like carbonara. Oh, oh, there you go. So my nephews love that. And finally, uh, Sean Cerrone, who owns Burn Fitness. Kevin Corsi just said, text your boy right now, Sid Rosenberg. The name of the bar is Nana Daly, I guess, on Flappish Avenue. But So you know that dish that uh, my sister's, you know, Lizzie, the dish she's talking about. Of course. Yeah. Of course. All right. Lizzie, <laughs> come on, I said hi, please. So oh, let's get... I love your sisters, man. God, uh, thank you. Yeah, you know them all. What am I talking about? You know them all very, very well. So let's get to, um, I want to get to a story that you actually sent me. Because I find it to be very, very interesting because my guess is most people don't even know this name. But um, it's fascinating because in this column, it reads, she sits in a tough chair, the operative trying to guide Trump through four indictments. And in this NBC News, uh, NBC News column, they're talking about Susie Wiles. Is that right? Yeah. Is she the one trying to she guide is, him through this? Yeah. She is a rock. Um, my experience with Susie has been so positive. She's someone who is, is measured. Um, you know, she's soft-spoken, but measured. She's, you know, media-shy, but she's sort of a, a survive-and-thrive and sort of person. Um, and she's she keeps order to a very chaotic world. Um, she does. I mean, her and, and Boris, you know, Boris Epstein, our, our friend, um, you know, Boris is someone who's also I, I have regard for and respect for for what he's done there. But Susie is, is really the behind-the-scenes maestro. And she's someone, you know, who, who, don't forget, she came from the DeSantis camp um, and really is good in Florida, but she she has President Trump's ear. 
you know, if she says, trust me on this one, he trusts her and, and he should, she's, uh, she's, she's good. She's very, very good. And she's, if there's a success in November, Susie's going to get a lot of credit for that. She really is. She's terrific. She's very smart. I mean, we had discussions on legal matters and she's not a lawyer, but she, you know, she knew what the, the hot button topics were. So I have a lot of regard for Susie. You know, this immunity case that uh, the Supreme Court decided earlier this week to give Trump some more time, which is great. It smacks Jack Smith right across the face and, and makes it possible, not probable, but possible. This thing will never happen if Trump, in fact, wins in November. I go back to the attorney and he wasn't Joe Tacopino or Todd Blanche or any name that I know. And I remember when one of the judges posed to him, well, you know, Donald Trump, uh, he, I guess he could just kill, uh, you know, his uh, his opponent. And I don't understand why the, the attorney at that time didn't say, well, that's ridiculous, that's silly. Of course he can't do that. He didn't do that. And I know you don't take other attorneys to task. But I remember when I was watching it on television that night months ago that I felt like it was a lost opportunity. And I'm not even an attorney. I thought that was a terrible job. You know, it's what what that became was the the you know the the flagship moment for the haters um, to say, look, Trump thinks he should be able to kill his political opponents, okay? And that's clearly not what that was a hypothetical. That was not based on reality. It was what judges do, by the way, in in appellate arguments all the time. They they come up with hypotheticals that you don't expect, and certainly that are not real. Um, I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that. A president could assassinate a political opponent because, look, a president should be uh, certainly should be immune from criminal prosecutions for some core official acts, but not for acts done for personal gain like that or unconnected with the president's official duties. No one's suggesting that. Right. So so the president should be immune from wartime decisions, for example, um, but not. Not to, I want to knock off my political opponent like this is Russia and Putin, and you just kill him, <laughs> and you're immune. No one's suggesting that. President Trump is not suggesting that. <laughs> the lawyers aren't, and that was a ridiculous scenario, hypothetical from the, 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 the justice in that argument, but it's what they do. I know, but, I but, but, agree, but if you but, but, but I would have but, handled it like I just did, which is right. no one's suggesting that. Right. Because, because it's a criminal prosecution. He should be immune for core official acts. Okay, not for acts of personal gain. No one's suggesting that he could go out there and and, and commit murder. And just because he happens to hold the title of president, but he murdered somebody who he has a a grudge with, he's immune. No one's saying that. Right. Okay. good. Uh, Let me go to Georgia, because today is uh, D-Day, Judgment Day for Fannie Willis. Now, I did have uh, your guy, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who every time he's here, every time he's here, he's in studio every Friday, finds a couple of minutes to um, to shower you with superlatives. He loves you. And uh, he said that he does not think that the judge in Georgia has the intestinal fortitude to um, to kick Fannie Willis off the case. He did admit that because of what Fannie and Wade have done, that now the case has some dents. He may question the sincerity, the integrity of the case, but he thinks the judge allows her to stay. What do you think? I, I do, too. Um, listen, First of all, I feel better saying that knowing that Judge Napolitano said it. <laughs> Judge Napolitano, and this is me giving a little love back, but he's someone I've looked up to in this because he's the first guy that I honestly can tell you that I saw capture 
the, the, the ability to be in the media and talk about the law in a practical sense. He was a real judge. Like, he was a trial guy. He was a judge who was in the belly of the beast and then was able to bring that to the to the sort of the newsrooms. And, and that's something that a lot of lawyers go on TV who, who have never seen the – they don't know where the witness sits in a courtroom, okay? But they go on there and talk about things <laughs> that they have no idea of. Judge Napolitano is so – precise in his analysis and what I, I heard that by the way and I, I agree with him I agree with him it's going to take a lot because don't forget a grand jury at the end of the day voted to indict right a grand jury voted to indict um, this this moron this Fannie William, Willis has made a sideshow of, of, of a case that was you know a fairly tight and, and, and strong case in some regards and now it's become – it's nothing about the case anymore. It's about her and, and whether she lied and committed perjury, which, you know, looks like she did. I mean, it, 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 you know, this somehow has now become – when did this start? When did this affair start, right? Did it start before she hired him and then that money gets spent on them, or did it start after? Uh, if it started after, I guess, to a degree, it's a lot less egregious because she hired him then on his merits. Uh, she was paid because of his work. But if it was done before – then it calls the question the integrity of the investigative team. And that's what you have here. So, but I don't think, I, I, I tend to agree with Judge Napolitano on this one. I don't think this case is going anywhere. Even if, even if she's kicked off the case, the case still isn't going anywhere. But I don't think he's going to kick her off the case. But i got to be honest with you, based on her testimony, which to me was appalling. You, you know, you've done something wrong as a prosecutor. And you've really done something wrong. And you've lied. And you get up on the witness stand and start lecturing the lawyers questioning you and, and telling them they don't know what they're doing or they're not the, she's not the one on trial. No, as a matter of fact, you are on I, trial. Your right. credibility is on trial, right. Ms. Willis. Your credibility is on trial, and you should be questioned yeah. vigorously by any defense lawyer. So her attitude further cemented my, my dislike and disdain for her and, and showed me a complete lack of professionalism. And look, i got to be honest with you, the best thing for President Trump could be she does stay on this case. Because her credibility is as low as you can get. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. She is a repulsive racist, and I despise her. By the way, Donald Trump will be in court in Fort Pierce, Florida, momentarily, as uh, they, they give out, I guess, today the critical trial date on the documents case. But I want to go to a case that you actually presided over and won. And I gave you credit for it this morning. I'm going to do it again. You won the E. Jean Carroll case because while this, you know, this uh, amped up New York judge and jury had to had to do something to Trump, they couldn't let him walk. So they went down the list of uh, of uh, offenses, and number two on the list was that ridiculous sexual abuse claim, which never happened, and that ridiculous fine. But of course, all they really wanted, all she wanted, was to label Trump a rapist the rest of his life. But you won the case. You won, and that completely went away. But this lady is still sticking around, and now she wants $80 million, Joe? $80 million? You know, you want to hear something funny? And it's not really even funny. It's shocking. I've never seen this in my life. She sued for – this is just for defamation, right? So this is what they call Carol 2. She sued for defamation. Now, my case was rape because she said rape 43 times on her direct testimony. Uh, rape, 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 rape. The summation, the opening statements are all about rape. And then after that, they played the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, they brought in other women from 40 years ago, 20 years ago, sexual abuse, and then defamation also, in my case. So the jury, as you said, didn't find rape, which was what they were playing for. Now the second trial was just defamation, and they sued for $10 million. 
During the trial, they upped the ask to $24 million, the Carroll lawyers. And ultimately, the jury said, no, we reject that. We're going to give you $83 million. I've never seen a lawyer ask for a number and a jury saying, nah, that's not good enough. We're going to give you four times what you asked for. That's basically what happened here. And it's, it's I mean, it's absolutely shocking. But it, it, it's, it's real. And Judge Kaplan, you know, and look, I, I have respect for Judge Kaplan as, as an intellect and a jurist, but he, he is no fan of, of, of President Trump, and he made that very clear. In my case, I moved for a mistrial in my case yeah. because of his yeah. conduct. You're funny. You know, you're funny. I, See, you, you may have to appear in front of this prick again so you <laughs> say nice things about him. You can't put those two things in the same sentence. You can't have a judge make a decision sure. based upon how he feels a guy personally and go, no, he's a great jurist. He's not. He's a dick. And what he did was reprehensible, and people like yeah, him and Letitia James and, and Eric Brett. in front of him next week. Say, I have a case in front of him next week. So let's, uh, what do you want? Uh, you, you want to talk about the Rangers now? What's next? I don't know. What do I want? Please. Please. Let me take that all back. He's not a bad guy. He's a nice Jewish guy from Brooklyn. I take it all back. He's a Jewish uh, guy from Staten Island. There you go. Exactly. There you go. They're, they're, they don't even exist. I want to go to... Uh... I want to go to Adams. Uh, seems like seems like every other month these days, there's another FBI raid for the mayor. Uh, now they've uh, they, they, all this money they're talking about from Turkey, from Red China, from uh, here in New York, from um, I know I'm missing a place. Um, well, I forget. It doesn't matter. Point being that there's been three FBI raids, three of them Russia too. Excuse me, three FBI raids, and every time they raid it, it comes out like this. Well, they raided uh, his uh, Asian person, they raided his Brooklyn person, but this has nothing to do with Eric. Well, wait a second, wait a second. These are his fund fundraisers. These are people as close to him as anybody in his life. What do you mean? It has nothing to do with the mayor. I mean, eventually we're going to find out this has everything to do with the mayor. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I don't, you don't know, we don't know what the FBI is really looking at, but, but I will tell you one thing that gives me. Well, you think the FBI saying, really cares about Winnie Greco? <laughs> Come on. You know, Winnie, the allegations against Winnie Greco are, are not good for Winnie Greco because they're personal gain. She basically was selling her position of power for personal gain. The allegations, again, I don't know if she's guilty and I'm not even opining on that because we don't know the evidence yet, right? So, and I hate when people start putting people into a, a, you know, a conviction mode before we even know what the evidence is or before there's even charges. But apparently the allegation against her is that she, for personal gain, okay, was, was selling her power or selling access. That doesn't really reflect on Mayor Adams. It just doesn't in that regard. But don't forget, now this is the second top aide, right? Second top aide, and more importantly, the FBI did stop the mayor in the middle of the street and say, give us your phones. That's where I'm not so quick to say, oh, yeah, it has nothing to do with him. It's just everybody around him is under FBI investigation. I don't know about that because, you know, when the FBI stops you on the street and seizes your phones and tells your security details, stand back, that's not a friendly interaction. That's not, hey, Mayor Adams, can you give us your phone records? No, they were they were they rolled up on him. And they did that. And, and I don't know where this is going. Again, this is it's not good. No matter what, it's not good, because when you're a government official and the people closest to you are under federal law enforcement scrutiny, you know, there's where there's smoke, they say, yeah. there's fire sometimes. Hopefully not. Look, hopefully yeah. not. But but and I don't want to, you know, by any stretch, don't want to presume 
uh, Mayor Adams is, is guilty of anything, but but it's not a good look, no matter what, it's not a good look. Well, that's what I'm saying, too, and I hope it's not, too. Uh, lastly, look, um, I'm not proud of it. In fact, I'm embarrassed by a lot of it. I really am, my wife and my family. But everybody knows about my drug and drinking history, and I can tell you this. I remember there were nights when I was high, okay? And, again, not proud of it, but it, it happened. And I would try to text Danielle, for example, and uh, tell her when I'd be home or where I was. And I got to tell you, Joseph, writing the word the was difficult. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. It was almost impossible. So when I hear Hunter Biden sit on the stand a couple days ago, and he did more coke than I did. He's sitting on the stand telling these people that he lied that his father was sitting next to him because he was high and drunk when he sent those texts. And then I read the text. His punctuation was correct. Forget about his spelling. Take it from a guy who's been there. I couldn't write the word the. I didn't believe one word that kid was saying. Not one word. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, first of all, his story has changed. So now, finally, the big guy who uh, everyone was saying, oh, that well, he wasn't referring to his father. Now that's apparently his father. Okay? So, so you know, he's gone. He, when you make inconsistent statements on material issues and you change your story on material issues, you're lying. It's it's that simple. You're lying. and And so that's what I believe is happening here. I think this guy is going to come unglued. I mean, you know, every time I've said something about him, I get a letter from his lawyers. You know, when uh, President Trump said something about him, Hunter Biden's lawyers uh, sent me a, a, a cease and desist letter, which we laughed at, obviously. Um, you know, but it's 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 hysterical that this guy thinks, and, and, and they, they walk, you know, the double standard in the media, this is what gets me, really. You know, I, I don't relish in, in, in anyone's, pain and suffering and displeasures. I just don't, but some people do. But when you see the media cover this, can you imagine if that was Donald Trump Jr. Eric, who had a, a drug problem and had told inconsistent stories about their father? I mean, it would, I mean, it would be... And, a, and not just inconsistent stories, but, but, but have taken millions and millions and millions of dollars from America's enemies. Enemies, yep. And it's it's... It's it's that's why I just can't stand the double standard. Um, you know, he claimed he didn't involve his father in his business, yet he used his father in his business. So, and and now now he's going to lean back on the fact that he's a drug addict or was a drug addict or you know didn't mean it because he was so high or drunk or stoned. I mean, that, that's when you know you've hit bottom when you have nothing left to use as a defense and you're going with, all right, I'm a crackhead. Yeah. And I'm stoned. And I yeah. don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's bad. It, and it is bad. And it's just, you know, look, it's, it's impossible. But Sid, what you went through and look, you're a perfect. Uh, by the way, let's digress for one second and get away from the politics of it. You know, when you, when you were talking, said, I remember our conversations during those times. And, and it was hard for me to, 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 to because I, I care so much about you. And, but what you've been able to do, that's, this is what, a true sort of example of perseverance is you, you dealt with it, you grappled with it. It was hard, but you've overcome. And that's, I you know, know. that's, you. look, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. And you began that. I remember the, you hit rock bottom and you came out of it. And look where you are now, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, Joseph. I love you. Thank you for saying it. You know, you took me up every time you're on the damn show. Uh, thank you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. My dad appreciates so that, too. So proud of you. Thank so you. Of you. 60 seconds to go. Anything but a Stanley Cup win will be a disappointment, yes or no? No, no question. I mean, no question. I mean, I, you know, 
you, you were supposed to be at the game with me the other night, but I know you didn't make it. You know, didn't you? Okay, whatever. But but it's, it was just amazing. There is such a, a, a an atmosphere there now, and I'm just I don't want them. You, Pete Morgan, and I talked about this. I don't want them to do anything drastic at the trade deadline. We don't need a a, a rental player for a couple months to break up this chemistry. This team has chemistry, and they have the greatest Ranger of all time now on their roster, Matt Remke. Matt, I Remke, love him too. I mean, the, I, I, when he's on the ice, I feel like yeah. I'm watching my son. Like, right. I, he, he is just Oh, you. Forget crazy. about your son. It's you. A throwback to the good old days when Joe Tacopino yeah. and Skidmore would fight anybody on the ice. That's what it was. And it was. it's a great part of hockey. Look, when people say that, that oh, hockey, there's no shouldn't be fighting in hockey. First of all, it's legal. It's a penalty, but it's legal like tripping. Um, but, but more importantly, it is the only moment that the entire arena, no matter what arena you're in, stands up. On their feet I know. When I know. When there's a scrap, and what fighting does, see, it, it, it's studies I can talk to you about forever. What fighting in hockey does is keep the game clean. It and does keep the game clean. Right in Finland, where they where fighting is banned in their league, there are more injuries there, sub- substantial and serious injuries. Because these guys, these you know, will slash you in the in the knees. <laughs> they'll they'll cross check you in the neck. They know they get away with it. So the best players are subject. Sidney Crosby. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, all the greats. Mark Messier said we wouldn't be who we were if it weren't for our respective guys, right, Dave Semenko or whoever it was at the time. And and it's true, Nick Fatiu with the Rangers, and and now this this Rempe kid. I mean, first of all, the Garden loves him because he's a 21 year old kid who has no fear. Great, and it's just it's a great thing. So no, there, there is no success this year without a Stanley Cup. This is the year. Last year, we, we should have been there, and then I heard, you know, you guys there and, and Joe Nolan and all that talking about those that mediocre team from New Jersey uh, <laughs> plays in a half-empty arena in a swamp. Right. Um, you know, it's a, it's 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 this is our year. This is our year, and, and if Igor keeps being Igor, yep. he's unbeatable. He's hard unbeatable. to argue. Hard to argue when uh, Panarin's having a monster year, the best year of his career. 35 goals already. Quieter's got 30. It's a lot of fun. Tack, you were amazing today. Just amazing. 25-minute appearance, and you're the absolute best. I love you. Thank you. All right, brother. Love you, too. Joseph Tacopino right there, famed defense attorney, dear friend of mine for the better part of 47 years, former Donald Trump attorney, attorney to the stars, nobody better. The absolute best in the business, and a mensch. He's a good boy, Joseph. I love him to pieces. We'll take a short break. More of Sid on a Friday right after this. Come on. He said, I know how it feels, son, cause it runs in the family. Can you see the Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Rock bands will come, rock bands will go. But rock and roll's gonna go on forever! We'll be right back. 
old Scott Muni 102.7 WNEW Classic Rock Days. Correct me if I'm wrong, but now you played Led Zeppelin and the Kinks on the same show? What the heck? Oh, my God. No, you got any weed left? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. You know where to turn. Uh, yeah, damn right. Yeah, Jersey, City, Jersey City's got the best Hawaiian anywhere in New York. I can tell you that right now, man. They got that good stuff right there. Right there. This right is called there. We got kinks. We got, we got Led Zeppelin. We got all kinds of good stuff today. Where's Santos? Where is he, uh, Alec? I don't know. Maybe he's got to be busy doing a cameo or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a cameo. You know, I actually did a bunch of cameos the last couple of weeks. I raised my price and i still got a bunch of cameo requests the last oh, couple of weeks really Haven't yeah said anything about well, keep that. up in the ante until uh until yeah. you see a drop what do you charge for a cameo 50 bucks oh my god who's, yeah. ask, who's asking i don't know what these people are they, you they're, don't know who they are of course not what they're okay. random people they go to the app at my cameo app and they go okay. hey my sister's name is lisa and her and her husband really love you so uh, could you wish her a happy <laughs> birthday and tell her that Sid and Friends in the morning and, and that's it. They write a whole message. Okay, so, so you do know the people. No. Who are, no, you don't know them, but you know the name of somebody. Well, yeah, no. well, they send you a message that you have to read. I got you. Word for word on the camera. All right. But, but I mean, they let you obviously add a little bit, but there's a whole right. message. Okay. It's who the message is from, oh who God. it's for, what they're celebrating. So it's 50 bucks for the cameo. Uh-huh. And uh, if you want to see my penis, it's 100 bucks. Oh, my goodness. That's wow. it? Yeah. Really? Just I, twice? You no can way. just imagine what George Santos charges. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be under 50. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I paid back in the day. <laughs> 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 just kidding, of course. <laughs> yeah. Sure you are. <laughs> you know, I remember the... Um, I told you I had that first dinner for St. Patrick's Day on Flappish Avenue when I used to um, just go to all those bars. And um, because, and I, I don't mean this in derogatory fashion, though, don't take it personally. Oh, good. I was, but here but Irish girls were the easiest. They just got hammered. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, and they just didn't care. <laughs> Why do you think I'm proud of my hair? <laughs> 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 Gee, like, I wish I could be Portuguese. Oh, it's so, so much easier. Well, I'm glad you said that, because mm. if I'm in Bay Ridge, for example, back then at Pastel's, or if I'm at T.J. Bentley's, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, the, the Italian girl could be drunk, but... You still have to have a Porsche. Mm-hmm. At uh, Cuckoo's Nest, if I buy one Jägermeister shot, I'm in. Oh, <laughs> oh they're falling all over you. That's oh, right. forget yeah. about it. That's it. A guy right there just bought a shot. They come running over like, uh, you know, like a... Uh, like I'm Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you got any more of those over there? They got the tan guy. The tan fella has some more. Go, go over there. Well, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life was uh, I went to play... In a uh, a tennis tournament for Joseph Abud, who I miss and love dearly, he had these. Uh, he had this great uh, uh, every year. He had this great uh, tournament, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he would uh, invite Patrick McEnroe there. Right. So in this one year, it was me and uh, the legendary Christopher Mad Dog Russo against McEnroe and Abud in tennis. When we still wore those uh, short shorts, you know, it was in Westchester somewhere, some really bougie place with uh, you know the white people and all that, you know. Right. So. Um, we do the uh, the tournament, and for some reason, Lou was there. It was a weekend. I don't know why. And uh, so was Kara Dugan, who used to be Don Imus's. Uh, sounding familiar now. Yeah, she was a very pretty girl. Oh. So uh, so we all decided afterwards it was a Saturday to go to McSorley's. Oh, now I rem- remember it more. <laughs> yeah, this great Irish uh, place. It was on 10th Street. It's still there, obviously. It's on 7th Street. 7th, okay. Um, and I thought it closed during COVID, but it's still open, right, McSorley's? It yeah. closed for a 
few reasons, actually, years okay. ago. Okay, but it's still open. Yeah, there's, yes. some, there's some help. I was, actually, I was actually with right. you. Right. He's there. You, oh, you were there. there. You were drinking at McSorley's? I do it all the time. No kidding. Yes. I love that about you. Well, we love you. that place. Oh, Who, how can you not love that place? I didn't know you went all the way down to the village. You live all, up here by the east. I go anywhere anywhere that calls me. Look at you. Yeah. They so sell sawdust on the floor? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They they do. Do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, do, I was just happening to wear. He's wearing a McSorley's. Wow. He's wearing a McSorley's T-shirt right now, Lewis. I didn't know that. I didn't take this other shirt off. Wow. The line is down the block. Every Gotta be. Too. It always is. So yeah. Lou did this thing after what? he finished eating the mustard and the sandwich and you all that. You can't go at that hour, though. you got to go earlier. Not when the line is there. No, no, no. You never go when the line is like that. Yeah. But, so, so Lou did this thing where he like uh, he lined up the beers <laughs> and um, it was like a... Um, how do I explain it? The shape of it was... Uh, what would you, what'd you call it there, Lou? It was um, like a firing squad? No. No, <laughs> but you had like... It was no. one beer, then two, then three, and then you were able to drink like all these beers yeah, in like one shot. Well, that was, wasn't the car bomb that you were No, no, the car bomb was where you drop a shot of booze into a beer. Yeah, you shot, this, a, shot a Guinness into you, it. You, you, you made the shape. It was like a hundred beers, and you, and you drank all of it. I mean, you really yes. you really did a lot to, to uh, nail the stereotype that day, i got to tell you. <laughs> no, you're really not going into McSorley's to pick up anybody. Hey, there's a drunken table right, from right, Iowa. Right. Well, let me go impress those women over there. <laughs> hey, isn't this place great? It's got sawdust. And it's got uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt pictures yeah, covered yeah. in dust. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this is great, right? Aren't you happy? Anyway, I remember it was a Saturday afternoon, and by the time we were done, I was still drinking back then. I actually urinated in my pants on the way home. Oh, That's, there you go. That's always nice. That's I actually, always I actually nice. was pissed drunk. Yeah. 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 And you were living close to in that in well, that area, I lived right? in Chelsea back yes. then. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember where you were. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great place. By the way, if I still lived in Chelsea, I'd be making a million a year on cash. <laughs> like George Santos. Does. You know, I just—I was looking at your cameo page. Actually, you yeah. have a really high rating, four point nine. But you don't—you have the price wrong. You charge seventy-five bucks a video. I do. <gasps> yeah. I don't think I did that. You really are the king of the Jews. Well, no, it's funny because <laughs> my last, my last, my last cameo, the person paid me a hundred dollars, and I thought they gave me like a fifty-dollar tip, but I guess not, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Seventy-five. No. People love it. The cameo stuff is a lot hey, of fun. If the, if the requests aren't going down, I would keep bumping up the price until they start going down. <laughs> no, people are going to pay it. <laughs> yeah. They'll pay it. Yeah, they will. Are you kidding? Yeah. They'll pay it. Sid's, Sid's doing what? Uh. Oh, i got to have it. How much? 1500 That's yeah. easy, man. Yeah. We, all, we got that if we all pull our money. <laughs> right. Jimmy's not getting his allowance Shit, this month. Are you kidding? Please. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is, when I go to Mar-a-Lago in two weeks... I haven't asked President Trump for permission yet, but I, I, I'm not sure he'll, he'll care. Uh, I'm going to do special, uh, special Mar-a-Lago cameos, mm. where uh, if you send me a message, I will message you back from uh, Donald Trump's residence. Mm. Secret Service hears this. I'm not going to be able to go, just no, so you no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what a night that is. I've already got Mike Tyson, Chuck Zito, and Dana White coming to this event, so it's going to be a wow. big deal. Now, let's take a short break. We, unfortunately, are running out of time. And uh, the rest of the regularly scheduled program starts as soon as I leave. But we got about uh, 20 minutes to go. Shut up.
Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. So many texts after the last segment. People love it. It's funny. You know, we bring on these great guests and we discuss all these important topics. We've done it all day long today, right? You go back and look at Alex Trayman was on at 645, live from Jerusalem, talking about, you know, the distorted media, how they present what they call facts. CNN yesterday was reporting all morning that the IDF, the Israeli soldiers, opened fire on a bunch of innocent Palestinians waiting by a Gaza aid truck. And, of course, I said at the time, I guarantee it's not true. It's not true. Of course not. Of course not. There was a riot. They, they went after some of these soldiers. And uh, Hamas started shooting. And Israel returned fire. So we talked to Alex about that and the West Bank attack, another terrorist attack in the West Bank that killed innocent Israelis at a gas station yesterday. And moving forward, Ramadan, what promises to be a violent, holy period then. I mean, a very important and serious conversation. Then Curtis Sliwa came on, and he talked about the mayor. Three FBI raids now, three of them. And then the mayor's office says, hey, it ain't about the mayor. Nope. Please. It's about Winnie Greco? It's about, who's the lady in Brooklyn again? Brianna Suggs. Brianna Suggs? It's about, no, come on. They're trying to put together some case to present, maybe they are putting it together, I don't know, that this office, this administration, continues to take money from foreign countries. And I like Eric, and I just had dinner with Eric a couple of weeks ago, and I'm doing it again, I believe, this Wednesday, I believe. Who knows? But you can't convince me that these FBI raids have nothing to do with the mayor, or that he's... You know, he's okay. And he's not sweating bullets every time something like this happens. I know I would. So that was the discussion with Curtis. Then Judge Napolitano came in, and we discussed all these Trump cases, right? Immunity, how that has now been delayed, which is a smack in the face to Jack Smith, and it went for Donald Trump. How this crazy politician, this judge in Illinois, the judge, Tracy Porter, is trying to keep Trump off the ballot like Colorado and Maine tried to do. It ain't going to happen, stupid. It ain't going to happen. Democrats yell and scream all the time that Trump is a threat to democracy. No, dummy. What you're doing is a threat to democracy. You want to beat Trump? Go beat him. Fair and square, by the way. Don't cheat. But go beat him at the polls. Don't keep him off the ballot. That's a threat to democracy. Right there, Joe and Micah. Stupid assholes at CNN. That's a threat to democracy right there. So that was that discussion. And Andrew Giuliani came on, and we talked about Fannie Willis and his father and Trump and Hunter Biden, excuse me. And then Takapina came on, and we broke it all down. Every Trump case, Hunter Biden, Mayor Eric Adams, even down to the New York Hockey Rangers. So all this happened today. Today. All these great cuts he played earlier with both presidents, Trump at Eco Pass and Biden in Brownsville. He was in Brooklyn, but he thought it was Texas. He was actually in Brownsville, Texas. But we played all those cuts today, too. Done all this. And yet, I received more text messages last segment 
about drunk Irish chicks at the local bars on Flappish Avenue, McSorley's, and uh, who knows what other nonsense we talked about, how much they loved it. Your cameo fees. Oh, the cameo too, right. Actually, uh, Kevin Troch walked in and said, you get 75 bucks to do a cameo to talk to people. What will they pay you not to talk to them? Well, <laughs> kind of funny. working on that one. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's already. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Anyway. It um people do love that stuff. They love the you know, the back and forth and all the great radio hosts, all of them, who were great at doing interviews. Not as good as me. I, I really believe that the only guy better than me is Stern. That's it. That's it. But Imus was pretty good. He wasn't great. He he was not. He was very unprepared for most of his interviews. In fact, Bernard had to write half his questions, more, if not most, more. Most. Right. And he wouldn't yeah. talk to certain people if he, if he didn't know the topic. And I don't stay away from anybody. I talk politics, sports, entertainment. He wasn't all that great. But, of course, that's not going to stop the message board now from vilifying me. I don't care. Uh, that's exactly uh, right. ungrateful. Yeah, you ungrateful. Really, you're I, nothing I, without I. You wouldn't be yeah. anywhere. He, he wasn't very everybody. good. He wasn't a very good interviewer. He was funny at times. If, he, if, if, the, if the guest was comfortable, he was funny. I'll give him that. But his range was very, very limited. Very limited. Not very good. Um, Agreed. Thank you. But the great hosts were able to take the guys in and around them, which you've been a part of two great shows, Lou, and uh, make it for hilarity, make it fun. And I think we do that. So that's why we're number one. Well, now I know a guest who's staying at the Vatican now, too. I mean. And how about that? Think about that for a second, Judge Napolitano. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? I mean, maybe he's going to address uh, the papal the papacy. No? I don't know. The, I don't think the Pope square. is going to be there. Oh, well, that means he can do it. Yeah. That I think, uh, believe it or not, the Pope that night has tickets for the Knicks and the Hawks. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Depends if Brunson's playing. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man behind blue eyes. No one knows what it's like. To be hated, to be faded, to telling only lies. But my dreams, they aren't as empty as my conscience seems to be. Classic, cool right here. Happy birthday, Roger Daltrey. 80 years old today, Roger Daltrey, 80. Big day for the show, if you like classic rock. The Kinks, Led Zeppelin, and The Who. Lou Rufino doing his best Scott Muni today. 
right he now. He hates when I compare him to Scott Muni. He hates. I don't know why, but he hates. My it. old friend Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, a little ungrateful, but he's still my friend. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, you know who just texted me? I swear to God, like two minutes ago, Rob- Jim Kerr. Oh, did he? I was yes. Because I invited him on this morning to talk about celebrating 50 years of playing rock records. And then uh, he's great. He's a Hall of Famer. And then I said, Kerr, I want to give you the list of of artists that I've now banned from the show for being anti-Israel. That's would be a good discussion, too. It would be great. Him. So he yes. said, uh, he just texted me. He said, oh, my God, I'm off the air. I'm sorry I missed this. Can we please do it next week? Good. There's a good chance Jim Crow will come on Monday and talk about Excellent. that. But you uh, you killed it again today, Lewis. You were great. I've got a Shabbos dinner tonight. Shabbos, good Shabbos. Thank you. My friend said. West End Temple in Neponset. Yeah. My great rabbi, she's been in studio before, Dr. Rebecca, the doctor, Rabbi uh, Rebecca Epstein will be um, running the show where she does, and there'll be a bunch of liberal Jews in my neighborhood that look at me like I've got four heads. (laughs) As opposed to uh, the six heads they normally have. They love my wife, they love my kids, and they they just tolerate. There's There's a few people who actually listen every day and love me. There's a lot of them there that really want me to die in my own temple, so that's always fun. <laughs> Maybe I should stop wearing my Trump 24 shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know what I do when I find out you don't like me, then I become a real dick. Anyway. I know you were great this week. We had some some really great moments back and forth on the air. We found out that you're probably pro-Palestinian. And, um, yes, that's me. <laughs> No, you're really great. Seriously, thank you, Noam. Great job. And, uh, Justin, you're always great. What can I say? You going to McShorty's again tonight? No, I'll probably go to uh, something a little bit more uppity. All right. Yeah, well, I got the best team in, a, in the world, bro, with Lewis and Justin and Noam. I really do. That's why this show is great. Folks, have yourselves a safe weekend. My 8 o'clock hour on Monday is a power hour. Mark Levin and Steve Bannon. That's your 8 a.m. Monday Power Hour. Mark Levin and Steve Bannon. Don't miss it. So until then, everybody, have yourself a safe and wonderful weekend. From my whole crew, they're all great here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, to all of New York, till Monday at 6. Peace!